Hey, Mike, how are you going this evening? I'm annoyed. That's how I'm going. Yeah, right. You've just walked in the door. Yeah, does anyone want a Labrador? No, not one that does what? What's your, what's your Labrador me. done this evening? It's chewed the microphone up on the he- on the headset mm. while, I'm, while I'm setting up. Ah. So There you go. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not happy. You've obviously found another microphone. I have, I, I have, but that's beside the point. Mm. You are. Uh, eh? Yeah, that'll keep you working for another couple of years to pay for that. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a company one. Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> that'll keep you working. <laughs> oh, dear. They're replaceable, though, aren't they, those ones? They are replaceable, yes, just they are replaceable. Part. Just the microphone part to get the whole thing. Mm. I'm, I'm down here sort of madly setting up because I've been, been playing truck drivers today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it just emptied the stuff out on the desk. And so, of course, she's running around, sniffing around and doing what she normally does. I'm paying exactly no attention to her. Mm. And uh, so she's grabbed the uh, microphone. And had a chew. And had a bit of a chew. Mm, I'll teach you not to pay attention to your dog. And I'm afraid, dude, it is... Um, it's rooted. Mm. So, well, that's not good. That's not that's good. Not good. But we do have to uh, thank Queensland Rail. Your size does matter. Know your truck and height, etc. Yeah, not all about me. Don't don't let the dog chew you. Yeah. You anyway, no, know your trucking height. Very important don't, out there in uh, keeping safe on the road. So as truck drivers, we need to be aware of um, of our trucking height. And so for our other counterparts on the road, we all need to be aware of our heights because even caravans can be a little bit higher. Even some four-wheel drives with um, some special equipment strapped to the top can be a little bit higher yeah. for uh, some shopping centres. Yeah, you can clean them off. I, I went into a place up in Bathurst recently with my four-wheel drive and uh, got a very large surprise. Did you? I did, yes. But they caught um, right in a four-wheel drive or...? Behave. <laughs> I know that 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 um, the uh, the roof racks. So I've got my aerial on my my uh, Triton mm. on the front on the bull bar, and it's just a touch taller than my roof rack. Yeah. So you know, because I can obviously see the aerial, etc. It's a common trick that mm. anyone does, you know. And so uh, I I got a big surprise because it went from like 2.2 metres or something to 1.8 metres in a very short <laughs> very short distance of time. So your aerial gave you time to um, to prevent any major damage? It did, it did. But I had to uh, get out of the car and basically pull it around because I, I didn't want to snap it off. It's one of those big, thick GME broomstick aerials. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, and I thought, mm, if I just go backwards here, that might just catch and... Yeah, just snap. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. crisis averted, and way you travel, crisis, crisis averted. Yeah, yeah. but uh, that's that's the story of you know, that's, that's the story of my life. It's, I lurch from one crisis to the next at the moment. It's ridiculous. But the story's the same there, mate. No, you're trucking height. Indeed. Mm. Thank you very much, Queensland Rail. Yeah. So I just I'd like to thank someone else here this evening. I want to say someone yeah. else, a, a company. Um, Who? Well, I'd like to thank BP. Why? Also, also, Healthy Heads in Trucks and Sheds. Well, Why? 
Because they were giving truck drivers free meals on Christmas Day. Were they really? Yeah. So wow. You know, hats off to them. I think that's that's a a grand thing to do. There's a lot of people out there that you know get caught away from home, and you know at Christmas time, that could be one thing that just um, you know helps helps people out when when they're away and missing their families and whatever, and you're stuck in a truck stop somewhere. I think yeah. it's, I think it's a great gesture, and I think not only a gesture of a free meal, but it probably helps get a few people together and. You know, maybe instead of sitting in your truck playing on your phone, you might come out and enjoy a free meal and and do you know get together and that. So it's it's not not the greatest thing on Christmas Day if that's where you are. But if anything's there to help us out, well, yeah, yeah. Again, if if a company's going to get behind something like that, good on them. Great, good work. on them. Great work. So great work. So you've been, you've been out on the road today. No, I, I've been uh, been in to unload my trailers that I'll be going out to Melbourne tomorrow, but uh, it's been a, it's been a touch crazy just in, around Sydney. The the traffic heading south out of Melbourne, uh, out of Sydney rather, out south towards Melbourne, out of Sydney today, um, just unbelievably heavy, um, busier than any normal weekday, of course. Mm. And uh, you know there are a number of little fender benders and things like that. We're talking to the boys on the UHF and. It really, really does drive home the fact that some people just lose their minds. Mm. There's um, so, so much behaviour that just, you know, it doesn't worry. You're all sitting in traffic. There's three lanes. You, know, yep. you ain't going anywhere. No. Like, just, you know, just be calm. And, you know, yeah. I, I don't know if these people realise, and I will always say you don't know what you don't know, but yeah. when you're ducking up the inside lane trying to get in front of everybody, you're the problem. Mm. So stop it. It's very simple, yeah. you know. <laughs> just, just sit there in the line, you know. Another thing, in, when it's it like that, and you talk about those little fender benders and and um, people that see, you look at someone and go, what the hell are you doing? In a yeah. truck, it's very easy to pick when you get up next to them because it's yeah. very easy to see that, you're, uh, that they're probably on the phone or something. Yeah. Um, in, in our... In our van, which we we took to Brisbane for the, the four days because we've got too much crap to fit in anything else. Yeah. Um, you know, you do sit a little bit higher, so you do tend to see a lot of that same behaviour. And I was actually shocked today coming out of out of Brisbane to see the amount of people that are, are still actively playing on their phone. I, I don't know yeah. what they're doing on it, but it's you know you can even watch someone and it's quite extended use. It's not just they've had to look at a quick message or. You know, yeah, or take a call and put it down, and got got a headset mm. or something. They're mm. they're constantly on the phone. Um, yeah. So I mean that does take away from anybody that's trying to drive. So again, uh, just stop. It's you know. So and and, in, and we're talking about this a little bit earlier, Mike, about yep. the people that was fine for being on their phone. That's right, we were. But they weren't on their phone as they thought because it had no SIM card in it. Mm. Um, so they actually won the court case. They did win the court case, but they lost. The, he lost the appeal. So the appeal came in, and they lost. And a judge did rule that mm. pea platers cannot touch a phone, and in a sense, it's still a phone. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a bit harsh, though. I mean, here's the guy. I say guy, right? Here's the person. Here's the driver. The thing was in a cradle. Mm. Um. It wasn't actually in their lap or on their, 
you know, sitting somewhere. It was actually in a mobile phone cradle. Mm. Now, I, I mean, without putting too fine a point on it, um, voice control on phones is pretty good. I can do voice to text. I can do, you know, I go, hey, well, I'm not going to say it now because it'll go off and want to do it. But, you know, you use the, use the command words. And I can tell it to ring someone. I can send them a text message. I can do this. I can get it. Can do that. It can do this. It can do that. Um, you don't need to touch the phone at all. Mm. Now, I struggle to believe, I struggle to understand why it's a problem in this day and age. People are used to doing these things. Now, I appreciate as much as anyone that driving commands our full attention. Yeah. Um. And, it, and and I struggle to understand why we have so many differentiation laws between different classes of licensed peoplates, green peoplates, learners, things. <laughs> I mean, in New South Wales, learners and red peoplates aren't allowed to travel at the same speed as the other traffic, which creates traffic friction. And to me, that's as dangerous as anything else. And then, of course, you've got the situation in Victoria, the ACT, where learners and peoplators are allowed to do the same speed. So we've got peoplators coming up here from Victoria, from the ACT in New South Wales, that end up breaking New South Wales law, don't realise that they even are. Yeah, that's right. And that's, I mean, now we talk about things being unfair. We have truck drivers with different rules. We're supposed to know what the rules are all the way around the country. And the classic one there is the broomstick mirror thing in South Australia. Mm. Just, just to, just to sort of channel a bit of yogi there for a moment. Yeah. And the industry yeah. loves it too. And if oh, you didn't, we do sarcasm in my voice there. And no, no, we, I, I, I get to, it. May need to have a few lessons in that as well. Well, I, I get it, but I mean, for me, I, I think it's a little bit harsh where the, the kid hasn't got a SIM card in the thing. Someone said, "Oh, you can make a phone call with a with a phone without a SIM card in it." Yeah, you can. You can ring Triple O. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's about it. Is Maybe that, an emergency phone number. Is that depending on your plan? Yeah. Well, if but he's got no SIM card. If no SIM card doesn't have a plan. But no. Again, in saying that, um, if there's a different definition that it's not a phone because it doesn't have a SIM card, well, a lot of them now do have um, e-SIMs, so. You know, I suppose you've got to start to um, you've got to have a ruling of whether is it a a phone or is it a GPS device or what. I well, don't know. and I I understand what you're saying there, but I do, you know, coming down the road and seeing people that um, are obviously distracted by their phone, whether mm -hmm. it's a phone or an iPod or a magazine. Or, or they're just not concentrating. It's all a form of distraction where in certain circumstances out on the road, um, they shouldn't be touching any of it, regardless of whether it's a GPS device. And, or well, but I don't know how, I don't know how you um, police that. Um, well, here's the thing, though. Everything is a distraction if you allow it to be. I mean, you, the, the amount of roadside advertising there is... Mm -hmm. Mm. Billboards all over the place trying to grab your attention for five seconds. Everything's a distraction. Do you know one of the worst things I find in the middle of the night mm. when you're coming up to some roadworks? Yes. Is the bright lights from firstly 
Yes. Police cars there with their red and blue flashing lights. Like put a with bit the red and blues on, yeah. Put a bit of tint on them, for God's sake. Yeah. And the next thing's a great big orange flashing light alerting you to the fact that you need to slow down. Mm. Um, which In case you hadn't worked that out already. And then to put a bit of light over the the people that are manning those great big flashing lights, mm. they need a couple of... Um, LED lights that are about as powerful as the sun mm. um, to shine directly at you, the motorist, not yeah. the people that they're trying to put a bit of light on. So, so, you, so you can't see what's going on. Yeah, and, and you're actually blinded, so, mm. you know. But anyway, that's all. You know what I particularly enjoy about that, though? You're driving towards them and the speed limit typically is 40, you know. Mm. So you, you, you're slowing down to your 40, but there'll be some muppet in a car or want to shoot up the inside of you to be in front of you, right? Mm. Right. So that's the first thing. But then the second thing is that the muppet with the with the red wand waving at you madly, telling you to slow down when you're already doing the posted speed limit. Mm. Yeah, if they or want, less. They want you to go a bit slower. Change the speed limit if you want it to be twenty five, mate. Put it on the sign. Mm. Yeah. You know, but you know what? You know what crumbs my cookies more than anything else. Oh, on, we're on stage three here of crumbing cookies, but yeah, go. You, you, you come into the roadworks, right, and you'd be getting around the M7. The M7's a classic example of a night time. They'll change the signs to uh, 80, 70, 40, right, mm. and you drive for three kilometres, four kilometres, and you don't see anything, right? And then you do 100 again. And then it's 100 again. Mm. And they wonder why people pay no attention yeah. to speed signs. Yeah, well, that's just classic desensitisation, well, isn't it? You know, it's it's the boy who cried wolf. Mm. Yeah. Remember when we used to teach lessons through, you know, fables, parables, and all that sort of thing. Mm. Like you know? Pinocchio and he's growing. Like nose. Pinocchio with yeah. the growing nose. Like Jeez, you know, yeah. the boy who cried wolf. Nowadays, if you told the story about Pinocchio, you'd probably be wrong because. You're not allowed mm. to do that because you'd be discriminating against wooden dolls to whose noses grow. <laughs> Jiminy <laughs> Cricket was the conscience and all that. I mean, all of that stuff that we used to – this is how we used to learn. And, you know, for me, there, there are a lot of things that, that made a hell of a lot of sense. There were some things that made absolutely no sense, but there were other things that made a certain amount of sense. Of course, we indulge all this crap now. Mm. You know, and, and it just to me, it just does my bloody head in. We've got signs on, uh, sorry, we've got ads on in Sydney now with uh, you know, someone uh, driving into the roadworks and you know, road work, you know, tell you, be careful, road workers about and all that sort of stuff. How many road workers did you see? This bloke's, you know, distracted playing with his phone or doing whatever he's doing. And uh, how many road workers did you see? Well, you know, I agree that road workers' lives are as important as everybody else's, right? Mm -hmm. 100%. We're all, you know, none of, no one deserves to die through someone else's stupidity. 100% on board with that. What frustrates me, though, is when we end up with a situation where we've created the circumstances where people are desensitised to what's going on simply mm -hmm. because you go through it again and again and again and nothing's there, right? Yeah. So you just say, "Oh, screw it! Why? What? The boy who cried wolf, you know? There's, Why worry about it? Something there or not?" And, that, and that's yeah, and very true. And, and I don't know whether they, sometimes these signs just um, malfunction, but it does. Like, we're, and it's well, 
Well, I thought they actually brought out a thing where where local shires and that could actually be fined for leaving roadwork signs out at night yep. when yep. when there was no roadworks because it, it yep. does exactly that. The next well, day someone comes through and says, well, there's no one here yesterday when I come through. They've yeah. just left the signs out, so they stick with it. And, and, and we have seen some accidents for that. Not condoning that you should you should obey the road signs. That's what they are. But, you know, it's it's like anything. If um, police don't police anything, then eventually yep. everyone just does what they want. And that's a yep. classic example now. And I can well, feel, yeah, the you see- yeah, feel the heat on this one already. But people will just break into your house now because nothing ever happens. Yeah. Because well, police don't do anything, no one's ever. It's nothing's ever enforced, you know. Yeah. So, so criminals just think, well, we'll just go and do it because there's, there's no enforcement of that, you know. And even if we do get caught, it's going to be a smack on the wrist. Mm. But if that criminal's driving off from your house after stealing all your gear and he's on his phone, mm. chances are you're going to get caught mm. for being on a phone, not for stealing your stuff. Not for stealing your stuff. I had the, I had the back window on my. My four-wheel drive. That's the that's the uh, the uh, Triton. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll climb trees and go anywhere a bloody Sahara will go. So you know, <laughs> put that in your pipe and smoke it, Toyota owners. Yeah. Uh, smash the back window of my four-wheel drive in my driveway mm. on the can. Smash the back window on the canopy to potentially steal whatever was in the back. Now it was empty. There was nothing in there to steal. Mm. So you know, I'm at the point now where I leave my canopy windows unlocked. Yeah, in the hope that they'll try and open them and see that there's nothing there and not smash my freaking windows. Well, that's a, a better idea, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, and I, I rang the police to say, you know, someone's broken the rear window, and they said, yeah, mate, you can report that online. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Yep. Hey, just okay. quickly, we're going to get yeah. a song in a, in a minute, but I'll tell yep. you there was something that caught my eye in the news today. And I imagine there's going to be a few, there'd be a few people out there that would would be on the higher side of extremely irate, mm-hmm. and that's when they were finding bags of cocaine that washed <laughs> up on the beach, worth over a million bucks each. I saw that, and I thought, I thought, gee, there's going to be someone very annoyed that their cocaine's going somewhere other than where they intended it to go. So that's a a bad delivery, eh? Oh, anyway, I, I reckon someone's probably paid for that with with some skin. Oh, that'd be probably a few more bags washed up on the beach there another day. <laughs> yeah, but the police don't want you to touch it. They want you to turn it in. I'm thinking to myself, nah, New Year's Eve's going to be fully lit. I'm having two kilos oh, of coke. Jeez, one of them <laughs> packet was thirty nine point seven kilos. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of, I mean, I don't know what half, what's half a gram of coke work in it worth anyone know? I've got no idea, but I mean, gee. I don't, I don't know. I, <laughs> so it's one of those things. I, just, I don't know. Well, I'd, look, I, look I, I, had a, I had a joint once when I was a teenager. I never inhaled though, all right? Mm. So, you know, but I've never done, never done a, never done a line of coke or anything like that. Mm. But I've been offered it. Yeah, right. I've never done it. Okay. Geez, we could go somewhere on this on a Wednesday night. About you're a long distance truck driver, weren't you? Well, no, not not at the time. No, I wasn't. Oh. No, no, no. I was uh, I was at university at the time. Yeah, well, in in a field that might have made it worse. Eh? In a field that might have made it worse. Well, access <laughs> access is the key. But well, anyway, access you is don't the need key. much access these days. You're just going to get in a beach. Yeah. 
sit down on the beach, go looking for these blocks of cocaine. Yeah. Tate um, makes a difference to the old metal detector down on the beach, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm, going in looking for your million-dollar package. But anyway, yep. I just thought that was a little bit funny. We might go to a song. I've picked a few country songs tonight here just because I know you'll probably hate it. But Although you do I like a bit of country music, don't I you? I don't mind a bit of country. What have you picked? Well, this one's a bit of uh, Luke Bryan, Country Girl. All right, eh? So we'll, we'll give this one a go. I've saved, we've got Paul Bojini's coming on a bit later. So I've, um, Is he? I've saved a Roadhammer song. Have you? Uh, yep, just for Paul. So right. we'll play that a bit later. But a bit of, a bit of Luke Bryan here. And um, anyway, right, uh. we'll be right back, everybody. Yep.
pretty good. A little bit of Luke Bryan. Mm, that was all right. Mm, loved it. That was all right, mate. That's all, it's all good. But anyway, so you've been out the road. I've been out the road. We've seen some crazy yep. behaviour. I, as I said, mate, cannot believe the the stupid risks that people will take to get one car length in front. Mm. You know, it does my does my head in. And, you know, here's the other one. that This is the other one that cracks me up, right? People that don't know what the rules are with respect to roundabouts. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, they I'll seem to think... What, I'll tell you what. That one grinds my gears, Michael. Does it? Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, if you're not on the roundabout, when I go onto the roundabout, I don't have to give way to you. Mm. It's not give way to the right. You have to give way to whoever's on the roundabout. Now, I'm taking a B-double into the roundabout. It's not going to take as much room as your Mazda 3, right? (laughs) But sitting there, because you've sped into the roundabout doing whatever speed you think is uh, okay to do, you know, when you're doing 50 and you're doing 70 or something, Mm. and, you know, I've gone into the roundabout and and my A-trailer's in the roundabout, it won't do you any good to sit there and flash your lights Honk your horn and give me the finger. No. Well, I'll go a step further than that. Yeah. If you do that when I'm going onto the roundabout and I'm already on the roundabout, yeah. when you start beeping the horn, mm. it, for me, inadvertently makes me stop. <laughs> That's what happened to me, mate. I, I missed the gear. I actually came to a complete standstill. Well, it's only because if you're beeping the horn at me, I wonder, <laughs> is it coming from the car that's trying to attack me or have yeah. I not seen something and going to run over it. I'm going to run over it, so I stop. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's never any of those. It's just the fact that you beeped your horn at me and I'll make you wait a little bit longer. You know what they say, though? If you've got to be safe, mate, and someone's blending and you're getting a warning, you've got to get out and look. Mm, that's right. That's oh, so you're saying that's I should right. stop and get out and look? That's right. Because that's what I did. Check everything's all right, Gary. That's right. Check Tight right. pressures. Oh, no, oh, you don't need to go quite that far, but you do oh, need, need to make sure that you're not going to run over anything. Yeah. And uh, and wave nicely to the person that's blowing the horn at you with all your fingers. Blow kisses. Com- Blow kisses. Com- it's always, you know. Yeah. Be completely nice. I think that goes with Yogi's um, campaign there, isn't it? We all need space. So. We do need space. And, but- and one thing I will say, if you're in your Mazda 3... Mm. And you've got a B double or an A double that comes over. You don't even have to be that. Just a just a normal single trailer that comes over top of you at forty two and a half ton. Yeah, uh, your Mazda three ain't gonna really shape up to that very well. It's going on. A, it's going on a bloody uh, tilt track, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. And, and if you're driving it, you you may. You may may just be going in an ambulance, and, oh. and and the thing is, if you've got a few passengers in your car as well, they might just be going to the morgue. So have a think yeah. about that. Like, you know, we don't want to get too grim reaperish here, but uh, you know, play safe. It's it's really easy. So. Well, this person did yell at me. I'm going to make a complaint about you. I'm going to make a complaint about you. And I said, Well, there you go. The numbers on the door. Mm-hmm. Drive the number. I yelled at them. Mm-hmm. The numbers on the door of the truck. Ring that one. Tell them it was Mick. <laughs> Mick, Mick was here. <laughs> Mick was here. Oh. <laughs> to, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like if I'm driving the oh. car along and you see a, a truck trying to get onto roundabout, you just yeah. give him a flash, like from way before the roundabout. 
And we're always in a hurry, though. And, we're always and, in a hurry. Yeah, but it is. It's one of those things I talk about in selfish driving. Like, in there's, you know, you're no more important on the road than anybody else. But you need to respect someone that might run over you mm. that could do a lot of damage to you. But um, well, I noticed coming there is a, there the is road, a rule. Yeah. Go on, sorry. Go on, sorry. Well, I noticed coming down the other day, and it probably took us two hours to get yeah. from Capella Bar today. Um, Capella Bar? Capella Bar. Yeah. To probably Reedy Creek. Oh, righto. Like it, it, was, it was terrible. But I did notice one little red car sitting in the right-hand mm. lane thinking, mm. you're an idiot. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you there? Anyway... <laughs> Probably should yep. not have been in that lane and doing whatever. But yep. in that whole time, so two hours doing, you know, not many, many kilometres at all, yeah. when we got down near Reddy Cree and yep. down through that, that spot there before Currumbin, um, yep. they're just in the same spot. Right. With the same amount of traffic. Like, so, and and not only that, all the people that were racing around trying to duck, duck and weave and whatever, mm. guess what? They're all in the same spot as well. Yeah. So, yeah. But there was an interesting thing that Yogi sent me the other night about, um, you know, speeding and and trying to get through traffic and that and and the end result. Mm -hmm. um, so it is actually a bell curve, the opposite way. the The faster you go, has a bigger impact on you, like not getting as far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I suppose ultimately in yeah ending in um. Yeah, a bit of a mishap. So it, it was an interesting, well, interesting um, thing. So. I noticed. I noticed that my frustration level in traffic changed when I went from being on trip money K rate to being paid by the hour. So you don't get as frustrated on the hour. Couldn't care less. Mm. It was the traffic does what it does, mate. You can't change it. You can't fix it. You can't scream at it. You can't curse at it. You can't. You know, you can't do anything. It is what it is. Mm. But the frustration when you're on trip money or K-rate is simply the fact that you are there and the longer this takes you to do this, mm. you're not going to be compensated for yeah. it. There was a very interesting survey that went around um, that they did at distribution centres mm. and and it was about, basically, it was, it was to do with um, mental health of drivers. Yeah. And... It showed the difference between people that were getting paid to sit there and mm. people that were waiting to load that mm. were on either kilometre rate or, or trip money. So, yeah, the, the frustration levels in those people that were getting paid to sit there, yep. didn't care. All good. Didn't care. Lovely. Didn't care. All good. Whereas yep. the blokes that were waiting there to load to um, get cracking again because I understand that every minute they're waiting there is a... Either a minute more, they've got to drive through the night. Yep. Um, you know, and we've all seen it. We've all seen the pressures that are there. I, I, I still don't understand it. You put it in a fridge and all of a sudden it's got to be from Melbourne to Sydney overnight. I don't get it. But yeah. if um, Coles and Woolies could come on and explain that to us, how that works. or That'd be good, wouldn't it? I'd love to hear that explanation. For, even for a load, or, anyway, all this stuff. Yeah, and, yeah I, I, I do have a friend who... who had um, a load of long life milk on. Yep. Had to be overnight. Yep. Work that one out. It'll go off while it's in a van. Mm. So, but anyway, yeah. that's, 
you know, part part of the industry that needs to be cleaned up to prevent some of that stuff. But you're right, um, hourly rate, people um, aren't, aren't as stressed, it won't cause as much problem through the night. Again, um, the industry has to be able to compensate the company for that type of behaviour, but a, a lot of the time I always say if, if a, a distribution centre has to pay you to wait, you will never have to wait again. No, well, that's right. They'll 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 work out the problem. Yep. Uh, pretty much straight away, won't they? Oh, they'll, they will. They will. And they'll they'll sort it out. Yep. So they they well, don't want to pay a truck to sit there. They'll that's when they'll bring extra staff in to, to actually yeah. do the job properly or upgrade facilities. You know, it's it's quite a common thing in the bulk game. We've we deliver now to places all over Australia that haven't really changed their unloading facilities since the day of the Bedford. Mm. Um, and and nowadays, you're, you know, when they were used to having trucks that come in with eight tonne and, and their production level was at, at 20% of what it is now, Yeah. now they've got A-doubles coming in with 55, 58 tonne mm. um, and they've made no changes to the facility or if they have, it's very, very minor. And, and the way that they rack trucks up out in the street or there's no respect for those people whatsoever um and and when and then they wonder why drivers just get a little little bit upset why they lose it Mm, when you you know if you're told a time slot of 3 30 and um you don't even start tipping or unloading on a dock or anything till 9 30 that night um you you know expect a bit of pushback it's it's going to happen and but it's always taken out in the drivers. Oh, geez, they're a little grumpy. Yeah, you're a little grumpy. Geez, you've got a bad attitude, mate. You're not a seen player, are you? Yeah, really. That's you know, it's hard mm. to believe, isn't it? And that that is one thing I enjoyed with with the float work. Um, everyone was, you know, ninety nine percent of the time was happy to see their freight there and unload it, or yep. say to you, just here's a key for the gate or or something. But you know, go and kick it off overnight and do whatever. It was always, yeah. you know, people were a lot more accommodating. I know the general freight side of things can be, you know, pretty horrible. Refrigerated stuff and people I talk to, it's, um, you know, in, in my in my view, it is a lack of respect for a fellow human being. Well, and the worst part about this too, sometimes often where you're waiting, if there are facilities, they're a hell of a long way away from where you are. Yeah. And uh, often there aren't facilities that you can use. Mm. But, um, you know. Yeah, but on occasion you may be at a facility where, you know, there's signs up there that actually say, you know, our toilets aren't for drivers. It's like, really? yeah, Wow. Yeah. Well, we, had that, we had that situation a little bit while the COVID thing was happening. Mm. And I was very fortunate to be uh, working for an employer that said, no, no. My drivers can't access to uh, have access to facilities to relieve themselves. We're not going to come to your site. Yeah. Um, and he was he, he was happy to stand beside that and stand by it. Mm. And he was dead set serious about it. And it's amazing how quickly things change. Mm. Uh, having said that, we're in a niche section of the industry. People can't just yeah. hook, hook up and do what we do, you know. So, but take take uh, take away from that, Mike. You know, of, of being in a niche part of the industry. That's where we lose this whole human face to a lot of it. Like, mm. and, and if you are in a situation where you're managing a, a business somewhere and you say to your staff and you've even managed to put your name to a, 
a printout that says truck drivers aren't used uh, aren't to use the facilities. Yeah. Where are they going to go? Well, like I if mean, you, if you jump out of a truck and you're desperate to go, yeah, yep, and you can't, you, sorry, what's going to happen? I'd, yeah, well, I, yeah, so it's it's in my view, it's something that shouldn't happen, and and this is where we talk about reporting lines and things that we do, like we've got stuff now, you know, where truck stops aren't scratched, and and thankfully we've got. You know, people in Parliament like Glenn Stool. I've noticed one recently, the Ampol at Cobar. You know, yes. they've had a bit of a shake-up. And yep. it's sad that it takes a, a senator to have to do that. But but why, why don't we have a, a commission for, well, we do actually, human rights? So where are these people when people's basic rights as, as humans are taken away from them by a company because they, they don't want to clean a toilet or they think that and I will I will say this on many occasions they think they're a little bit too good for you mm. to let you into their facilities because you're a truck driver well and, that's right and yeah. and I'll say that because I've been in many occasions where I've turned up to places that I speak to on a regular basis and they don't associate with me sitting in a truck yeah they associate me has been a person in an office that talks to them over the phone, sends them emails and has Zoom meetings or whatever. The yeah. moment you turn up there in a the truck, they don't even know who you are. That's right. And they will talk uh, to you like a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and it's got a, a, the, this is the worst part about it. I, I, you know, we, we went through the whole uh, COVID thing and we were essential workers and all the rest of it. And the reality is, we all know, we know that without trucks, Australia stops. It's not just a slogan, it's a reality. Mm. And uh, particularly with the just-in-time freight and all the rest of it, if we decided if we decided as a group that we didn't want to service a particular factory, for example, and black band them, mm. um, they would feel the pain fairly quickly. The problem that we have is we're just such a fragmented industry, particularly the long-distance sector, that um, we don't we don't communicate with each other these these issues, mm. and uh, these these people get away with it. And they continue to get away with it. And if you park your truck across their, their driveway mm-hmm. uh, to make some sort of a protest, yep. they'd be they'd be crying. Mm. They would absolutely be crying about that. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I, I don't but, understand in in the world of social media where we are why this sort of thing hasn't like it hasn't gain traction as in a movement to to help this about you know and it's it's, it's just ill treatment of other human beings like why can't mm. why can't we be better towards one another to make everyone's day a little bit better you'll have someone yeah. who's so selfish that they need to leave at 2:30 in the afternoon to go home yeah. but they've got an interstate truck driver coming to unload and if that person just stayed back for another 15 minutes yeah. that driver might actually get to see his family on the weekend. Mm. So where, where do we live in this world that people just, quite frankly, do not care mm. about anybody else? So how do we change yeah. that? How do you... Oh, it's just narcissistic bullshit. That's what it is. So how do you get yeah. this into people's head that when a driver rings and says, look, I'm not going to be there till quarter to four, and, you, and they're like, look, got 3.30, mate, no one's paying overtime, we don't get here. Right. Mm. That, that person's still going to be home on Friday mm. afternoon to see their family, that driver probably is not going to be. 
Yeah. Anymore. Look, he, he's his whole weekend's gone. He's not he's not getting home and he's gonna be fifteen hundred kilometers from home. And the chances well, are the following weekend when he gets home, it's only gonna be for twenty four hours and then he's yeah. gone again. So how do we get this across to the rest of the industry? But this like, is a conversation that we've we've had over and over and over again, right? And people say, Well, you know, no one no one holds a gun to your head, mate. You don't have to be a truck driver. Well, my argument of that is, yeah, true, no one does hold a gun to your head, but no one's got a right to treat you like crap either. Well, no one at all, but, you know. Um, but that's right what if, happens. If you say to somebody you've got no, like, you've got choices, you don't have to be a truck driver, yeah. um, does that mean when you go to the supermarket and they say, oh, sorry, there's no milk here today, you go, oh, that's okay because I've told everyone they don't have to be a truck driver. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't the story, is it? Like, it oh my! That way, the supermarket—you know—it's—it's it's all different. Everyone expects their stuff to be delivered to you. Click a button on on eBay. Yeah. And I swear, people do it. They click on buy now. They pay for it, and they're looking at the door saying, Where, "Where's our product?" Like, where is it? Where is it? We run an online store here, you know, with with Truck and Life, and mm. um, we monitor where things are because we can see like you know certain things so after three days i see what hasn't been delivered and you try to chase it up mm. now we, we don't have that luxury with our subscriptions um they go up from a different level through australia post but yeah. quite often we can follow things and see where they are and and what's going on and why hasn't that been delivered or is that a problematic postcode um yeah so we can do all that, but we do our best then to make sure that our stuff gets delivered. Um, those shortfalls, I don't know where they come from some days, is it the, the mm -hmm. local end? But you've all got to have that respect for what happened in that space. And if it's, you know, somewhere that's um, 3,000 kilometres away in the back blocks of the Northern Territory, you, you have to understand that takes a little bit longer than to get from Evans Head to Sydney. Yeah. So we can do all that. But imagine this, and I'll put this scenario around a few times, and it happens to us in the freight industry all the time, and particularly interstate. So imagine if you, you bought some goods online or you ordered some goods to come to your factory. You then mm -hmm. have the capability of watching it, and when it's not there the next day, you have the capability of ringing that freight provider and saying, where is it? Jumping up and down like a complete idiot mm. and demanding that it should have been there today because I ordered it yesterday. And then when it turns up, you say, imagine this when the postman turned up to your doorstep and says, oh, here's your parcel you ordered a day ago. And you went, no, I don't accept that. It should have been here this morning. <laughs> imagine that. And that, that's exactly what... You'll have to bring it back tomorrow. You'll lose a number time yeah. slot. And that's exactly what some of these bigger companies do. They reject the freight that they have ordered that's yeah. turned up within a reasonable time, but because uh, Jimmy's got to go home at 2.30, and I, I don't know, I thought we you know, worked eight-hour days, but, like, geez, I've seen some very common ones now that wait, start at 7 and leave at 1.30. Yeah. Um, where are we at? So... If, if we don't change this, and we've all gotten used to this 24-7 environment, I'll tell you what, people start to get upset soon because it ain't going to happen anymore. 
people yeah. start going, I ain't doing that. The overnighters, you know, if you've got a thing where you're supposed to leave Brisbane at 7pm to be in Sydney, yep. they should stop doing it. If the freight's not ready at 7.30, yeah, no, yep. not doing it. Go on home. Yep. See how Australia Post and all these other companies run when, when their freight just doesn't leave because the drivers just say, ah, can be bothered. Couldn't be bothered to go because it's a little mm. bit late. No, well, yeah. The the problem with it is, as a driver, as soon as you as soon as you jump up and down because it's taking you an hour and a half to get your paperwork after you've got everything secured. Um, if you do anything that is outside of whatever the boundaries, if you just mildly annoy an office person, you're not a team player. Mm. You can be bad. In fact. I had a, uh, a lady once at a large company with sort of greeny, turquoisey, greeny-coloured trailers <laughs> um, say to me that if I didn't pull my effing head in, mm. she would make a complaint because I'd intimidated her. Wow. Yep. Um, and, and to my end, I said, well, if you don't fucking do your job... I'll make a complaint because you're incompetent. Mm. And then, um, and then so, there's no more work there anymore. Just sort of and then there's years. no more work yeah. for you because you're, you're not a team player. Mm. Yes. Um, but a lot of those situations... Part, you know, I can, I just, can I just go on oh, with that before we... Before, sorry. Because yeah. I, I, need to, I need to pull myself out of the pool here now. Mm. For the most part, my relationship with that particular company was was 99.9% good. I never endured a problem with them except for that one particular individual mm. who was a problem. Yeah. She didn't last very long either, I might add, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Else she did some damage while she was there. Mm. But but these situations ha- happen, but it's, mm. you know, in, in my view, sometimes it's just a power play by a particular person in a role because it, oh, yeah. it will change when, when someone moves on. But... Mm. The, the failure, again, to understand that everybody that's in that chain is just, is a human who's trying to do their job, make their money, pay their mortgage and get home to their families. I, I've yeah. had a situation where I was in an office being very polite about the um, the load. Well, it, was, it wasn't even a load. It was one pallet I was trying to put yeah. on the truck. Very polite and... Um, Yep, and just went back out to the truck and waited. And then I had a phone yep. call from that said place's management. Yes. Um, alerting me to the fact that one of my drivers had been inside abusing the office staff. Oh, right, eh? I said, wow, that's really interesting. Um, I said, what I'll do is I'll come straight back in and we'll sort this out. Yeah. And they're like, you'll do what? I said, well, it's me in the truck. Yeah. Um, so... Again, these people that don't understand that quite often there's people out there that run companies that are sitting in a truck as well. So mm. you have to be very careful about who you talk about, what you talk about, and if you're going to spin a line, mm. you want to make sure you've got a bit of guts in it before you do it. So, But that's just one occasion that you know th- th- this certain person in that office was trying to get me in trouble for the mm. simple fact of just asking why... Can I go in, please, and just pick up my one pallet? Well, because and, and this is the thing, and the worst part about it is that you—it's a he said, she said, mm. or he, or he said, he said, 
That's I said, he said, or they said. And, you know, you've got no comeback. Yeah, and the worst part about this is that... to you, though, personally. Well, when they say it to you personally, it's all a different story. But they won't say it to you personally. They don't have the intestinal yeah. fortitude. I was going to say balls. Mm. But they don't have the intestinal fortitude to deal with you directly. No, no. Mm. We have to make an anonymous or some sort of bloody complaint to someone mm. on a phone. And, yeah. uh, Who they you know, was very, very different person to the one they just spoke to inside. Yeah. Well, I actually had a – when I was an owner-driver and I had one truck, um, I had a sign on the back of mine – on the back of my tort line that said, if you've got a problem with the operation of this truck, talk to the head office with an arrow. Mm. Um, it was amazing. And I had my mobile phone number there. It was amazing the amount of people that ring up your mobile phone number uh, to complain and you say, well, I, you know, I'll discipline that driver. <laughs> oh. it, it, is, it is in a way hilarious that mm. people don't even understand how the whole system works. Mm. Yeah. But anyway. Mate, we need to talk about other stuff. I've got something that's really funny, right, to talk about. Yeah. Do you know no. that it's actually a fence, an offence to drive topless in Australia? Right. Right. So the tent you want to go with this, but. No, no, no. It's just a true story, right? Right. The temptation to strip off your air conditioner's not working. Mm. We'll whip the T-shirt off and we'll drive around topless. It's a defence, and the, the fine is up to three thousand two hundred bucks. So, is it an offence to just drive, or is it, it is an, an offence to, to drive in a topless? Vehicle? Well, I'd imagine that it would be an offence to travel in in a, in a vehicle. Oh, the offence okay. is the offence is. Mm. Um, it's an offensive conduct thing, right? Really? So it's regarded as obscene exposure mm. under the Summary Offences Act of 1988. Person shall not, in or within the view of former public, place or a school, willfully and obscenely expose his or her person. That's the law. Right. So, and, if, and if you're convicted, mm. maximum penalty of $1,100 or six months in jail in New South Wales. So it's a criminal offence. It's a sickest criminal offence. So six months in jail, you can get six months for it. Toddle off down to the local shop here in my footy shorts and no shirt and no shoes. Yeah, it's an offence. Right. Mind you, I've seen your naked chest, mate. It is an offence. So well, <laughs> I'm not sure where you've seen that, and I'm going to look for some cameras now. But um, actually, I shouldn't say that because. Yeah, I just had a text. Like, is that male or female or both? Because we can't. You can't do that. Anymore. No, no, it's both. It's both. Both. So both. Yeah, no, it's an offence in New South Wales. Uh, it's offensive exposure, um, and whether it's enforcement is another issue, of course. But um, if you're driving around a school zone, it might be viewed a little bit differently. Well, but, I, don't, uh, I don't know. If that's that's a bad thing. Well, no, yeah, in general. That. No, I didn't mean it like that. Like you should not be driving a school zone, I don't think, with your top on. Without your top on? Mm. Wow. Who cares? Yeah. We I'm, go to the beach. I'm not sure that because I'll tell you what, living in a coastal town, um, there's a lot of people drive their vehicles around. And we're going to say people because you can't say male or female. Anyway. Let's just go people. Let's just go people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So if you're a person driving mm. around without your shirt on, 
that's offensive. It's an offence. It's a, it's an obscene exposure, apparently. Um, but there's all you know, there's things like the, the rumour that you can't drive with your thong with, with thongs on, for example, or you can't drive barefoot. Or well, no, it's all it's all rubbish. You so can do if all you that. wear a thong, you, that's that's what. <laughs> no, no, thongs. Uh, Plural, not thong, right? Eh? See, we get into trouble here because the Americans that might be listening to this show, and there are one or two, we're talking about. If you're talking about thongs, we're talking about flip flops, you know, things that you put on your feet, as opposed to thongs, that garment of underwear with the uncomfortable thing that goes up the middle of your bottom. Mm. Um, there's a similar rule of yeah, g-string. That's right. So there's a similar rule in the ACT. Uh, it's uh, Section 393 of the Crimes Act, 1900, right? 1900, so... so it's very it's modern. Very modern, very modern. It's against the decency by the exposure of his or her person in a public place or in any place within the view of a person who is in a public place. So you can't even be inside your car. If someone can see inside your car, they can see you. $3,200 in the ACT, mate, or you can go to jail for a year. Wow. I have on occasion driven a truck without a shirt on. There used to be a competition so that's, that's in the offense. People magazine. It was called Nude at Work. Oh, Remember that? Yeah. Right? Was that before Home Girls or after? That was it was a it was a good while ago, right? We're talking we're talking early eighties here, right? Mm-hmm. When you were about twelve, right? Early eighties, yep. Right. So I, I there's a, there was a picture of me in there driving an S line in the nude. Oh no! Nude at work. You couldn't see anything. Yeah, I was a bit better looking back then. A little bit narrower than I am now. A little more modest then too. Didn't need a wide didn't need a wide load sign hanging across my backside in reverse and beeper and a flashing orange light. Um, in Victoria, to charge the charge of sexual exposure. Maximum penalty of two years for that one in Victoria. Two years Lord Derek, imprisonment. Two years in jail for driving without a, with, driving um, naked or just without a shirt on. Well, without a shirt on, sexual exposure, it's called. Really? In the Northern Territory, you could you could be two thousand dollar fine, six months. Hmm. Um, Queensland, a female driver exposing her breasts, the result of a charge of public nuisance. Oh, I don't know if it's a public news. I think there should be more of it. Could be there should be more of it, in my view. Yeah. So it's offensive behaviour under Section 6, slash 1B of the Summary Offences Act. Six months imprisonment, $1,548 fine for that one. Well, blow me down. Well, there you go. I don't know, get your so, kid off. So, I criminal offence. Yeah, I need to be more aware now when I just duck down to the shops here and well, pick up a, a fresh carton of beer that I'm not. <laughs> hey, talking about cartons of beer, Michael. Right. What did you get for Christmas apart of apart from a dose of the spicy flu? What did I get? Mm. I got um, I got a bottle of uh, Shivers Regal thirteen year old whiskey. Ooh, that sounds nice for uh, for Christmas. Ooh, that's good. Um, and it is in the cupboard. Mm-hmm. I I have been known to drink the odd bottle of shivers before I got involved in the honey whiskey thing. Yeah, so you're saying honey whiskey may be better? Or... No, I'm not saying it's better. 
Right. But it's it's different. It, 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 it's different. It's as good as mm. yeah. I think. I don't like. I like my. I like the shivers. I don't. I don't in fact, I'm having one as we speak. Yeah, I've had a honey whiskey. And I'm having. Yeah, I'm having. A, so I got I got or, a carton of of um, Great Northern. Did you? And a bottle of honey whiskey. Did you? Hmm. Yep. I got a uh, I got a um, a Dan Murphy voucher Ooh. as well mm-hmm. from from the bloke whose trailers I tow. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he was thankful for my work and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And he gave me a Dan Murphy voucher. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I haven't done anything with that I'd as yet. The best thing you do with that one is buy something from Dan Murphy's. I'd say. Mm. It's, uh, but it's know, sort of... It's, do you know I work for a company for a little bit that um, they used to just give um, gift cards, you know, like 50 buck gift cards. Yep. But their legal department decided that they can't really just give gift cards because you may spend that on alcohol. Okay. So that would be enabling you to drink alcohol. No. How about that? Right. Talk about a world where you can't wear a shirt somewhere anymore. Well, you know, why do we need to? uh, Why do we need to worry about what people drink and alcohol, etc.? Well, if you give a gift card, isn't it on their head then? Well, we would think. Anyway, that was a bit of a different one. So. Yeah. So we're sort of looking at the on-the-road segment here. I, I, know, I reckon all you ought to bloody have a crack at news.com.au, you know, because they've got the on-the-road segment. Do they? They do. A bit of stuff in the road. Are they allowed to do that? Well, I suppose. Hmm. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't. Shirts on or off? Well, shirts on at the moment. Right. Uh, a family of five have been almost killed, according to the dash cam, after a speeding driver has crossed the lines. Mm-hmm. So we've got the dash cam of, of what's happened here. Looks like it's on the Bruce Highway. Let me just let me just check the details. The Bruce Highway. That's north of mm-hmm. Brisbane, mate. For you. It is, yeah, it is. Sure. Uh I actually know we've been yeah, it's it is the Bruce Highway. Uh, it says Queensland, it doesn't say Brisbane, sorry. Did I say Brisbane? I think you did. Well, let's, let's let's expand that to Queensland. Queensland, moment of Queensland family of five were nearly killed over the Christmas period uh, after a speeding driver overtook other traffic travelling in the opposite direction. Well, that's usually what happens. Terrifying ordeal happened when the family were travelling between Bowen and Guthalungra in North Queensland. Guthalungra. Guthalungra. And... Yeah, I've got some wicked names. Dash cam footage showed the driver of the family of five swerving to avoid this ratty car which crossed lines and <laughs> ran into the grass. <laughs> oh. No major wow. damage to the car. Just took out a mirror. Right. Seems like some very um, heated journalism there. I'd say, and the woman in the car was heard screaming while the driver was swearing profusely. Um, beep. You beep, you beep, 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 you beep, 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 he said. Right, that's a lot of beeps there. A lot of beeps. Um, I, uh, I, I can't really, I can't really expand on it apart from that because uh, Yogi's mum will be, you know, mm, devastated. rattling the tin. Yeah, She'd be devastated. We had a few yeah, Snapchats and that over Christmas, and did you? And Tina was out washing the truck there. Was she? Yeah, with the pressure washer. So right. we um, 
I think what was um, so Saturday night we were in um, we were in Brisbane. You were in Brisbane at the uh, at the place with the with the uh, with the lovely pool, etc. With the pool, yeah. I got I got to me what I look like today. That pool was probably a lobster pot, right? Where they drop the lobsters into in the boiling water. I know. I got a little bit red. So did you really? I did yesterday. our daughter come over with our grandson right. and her husband. So we, we just splashed around the pool for a while. And I think after a few days there of, of just hanging around in the pool. And yesterday was very hot up there. Like yes. We've had these these um, very hot days and then big storms overnight. And we even had a, one afternoon there. We had a, a massive downpour, which you'd think would have cooled, cooled the whole place off for the afternoon. Mm. But we went out, out outside like twenty minutes later. It was like thirty four degrees again, and quite warm. So anyway, we got to the pool yesterday and got a little bit burnt. So yep. we've had the aloe vera out this afternoon, um, trying to cool the um, the burns down a little bit. But yeah, so that was that was quite warm. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, but anyway, no. yeah. So I um. I've had my um, bottle of American honey for Christmas, and I'm just looking at it here on the desk now, and it's empty. Isn't it? So I've, I'm figuring they need to make bigger ones. They probably do. You're, it's a bit of a challenging thing, isn't it? I uh, I have uh, a, a bottle of honey whiskey in the in the cupboard in the lounge up in the house, and I would have them brought it down here because if I bring it down here, it won't last very long. <laughs> I've got this. Don't give it to your dog. No, well, I won't give it to the dog. That, that, that frustrates the hell out of me, that does. Mm. Oh, badly trained dog. But Milo got a lot of um, toy gifts there for Christmas. We actually yep. videoed him. He actually knows how to open a gift now. Does he really? Yeah, just you tear one little corner in it and he's away. So right. He's, he's had a few squeaky toys. Yep. And he hates the squeakers, so he normally pulls the squeaker out of anything. Like, don't matter what yeah. he does, he'll just go for that. Oh. I hate the squeaker too, but, but anyway, yeah, yep. yeah. But we've found if we buy him a toy, and it's say a little bear, so he's, he's got this little pink teddy bear. Big, I mean, you've heard his bark. Every I think everybody on here he would have yep. heard his bark. So he's yep. got this very manly bark. But now when we buy him a toy, I sit on the lounge with it and cuddle it for a little bit. And, okay. And when you do that, he thinks it's part of the family. Right, eh? So then he protects it. You don't want to eat it. Does he? Yeah, it's it's quite it's a marima side in him. But but yesterday afternoon it was quite funny. We put we were sitting at the back at our lovely spot up there at Capella Bar. Yeah. And, and we put our well, my daughter put our, our grandson down in a porta cot inside because he was tired. Yeah. And Milo became just so like over the top. He, he just would not settle. And and there was a pool fence, and he would be hitting the he was hitting the the door like the pool gate, and yeah. all he wanted to do was get back round to the front door, yeah, um, because he knew our grandson was inside and he wasn't with us. Uh, so because like Milo does that, the protector, he, you know, he, he won't settle until he knows everyone's in the, in the in the group together. Right. So, so he knew that our grandson was asleep inside. Right. But 
that that's yeah he has to get him back outside or or get you to go inside so he just sat, sat at the front door yep and, and wouldn't budge you couldn't call him you couldn't do anything just sat there so I know. Yeah. Anyway. That's incredible. It that is. is incredible. Yeah. But he didn't chew my headphones, mate. I can tell you that. No, no. Well, mate, look, I, I've got to say it's as much my fault as it is the dogs. Mm-hmm. Although I'm a little bit disappointed that she thought it was okay to take it off the table. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you say that's not okay? I did. <laughs> In those words? No. No. Not quite. No. But there's like once again, there's no point yelling and can they got no idea what? No, it's it's gone, isn't it? It is. It is. It is gone. And uh, you know, the the reality for me is that um, it's not the end of the day. I've got another headset, obviously, because I'm talking to you now. Mm -hmm. But it does frustrate. Mm. Frustrate me. We we had a we had a we had a bit of a touching story with our. uh, with uh, our, our, our daughter, they had a, a dog who'd been a long-term pet, Gus, his name was, mm. or his name is, Gus has, has passed recently. He was the million-dollar dog. He'd been to the vet. We'd spent thousands of him at the, on him at the vet because yeah. you do on your pets. Yep, one of those. Um, he was the million-dollar dog. He, was a, well, he wasn't a six-million-dollar dog, but he was a million-dollar dog, I think. Certainly, uh, many thousands of dollars spent on the dog at the vet. Mm. But he was a loved dog. Oh, I didn't love him much uh, about 10 or 12 years ago when he first came into everyone's life because I had a brand-new set of overalls that I'd purchased and uh, they were washed and, and that because I couldn't wear them straight away. They'd wash the stuff out of them and they were hanging up. And Gus decided he'd want to have a bit of a chew of a bit of a leg on the mm. brand new set of overalls. I was fairly pissed off. I could have choked Gus that day. <laughs> um, poor Gus. Poor, poor Gus. Uh, but he did grow on me in the finish, and he was a very you know, very loving, very affectionate dog. Mm. Anyway, as I said, earlier earlier this year, he did pass through, uh, through natural causes, and everyone was very, very sad. Me included, I was sad. But Rose organised a picture uh, to be. You can get these pictures done of your pets. Mm-hmm. Um, so you send them the picture, and they'll do a, a canvas of the pet with a with a like a in a watercolour or you know, whatever design you like. And um, we we got that for for uh, Rebecca for a Christmas present. Rebecca and Craig for a Christmas present. The son, uh, daughter and son-in-law uh, to give to them, and, and I expected them to be. Happy, I didn't expect tears. We did get a few tears for that one, um, and I thought, now what I really should have done was I should have cut a piece of overalls and just hung it off the bottom of that picture and gave it to them like that. And I sort of said that as a joke, so we got a bit of a, got a bit of a laugh out of it. But um, animals do tend to uh, uh, take a place in your life. I know. Uh, Ollie, I know, Paul, I know Paul's had a little bit of uh, trouble or tragedy with one of his dogs recently, and they're, they're a part of the family. You know, my dog uh, Ollie, that's been all over the place. He's, he was a, in the truck with us for three and a half years. Um, he was recently diagnosed with a, a cancer. He got a bit of a cancer in his leg, and it'll get him sooner or later. But I was in tears when I was told that. Mm. It's unreal, isn't it? Well, they do touch a special place, I suppose, because they, you know, these days they become such a 
a part of the family. Um, they do. Like I, I, you know, years gone by, we had a lot of working dogs and I think mm. upwards of 15 or 16 dogs at one point. Um, mm. There was very few of them that got to come in the house or yeah. get even that close and someone were just purely working dogs and, and my philosophy at the time was, was no one actually came near them. They're, they're my dogs, you leave them alone, because they're working dogs that don't want... They don't need to pay attention to anyone else. So, yeah. but nowadays, you know, look, we've got like Milo. He's part of the family. You know, we go away, and unless you can get accommodation that that works for your dog as well, mm. you don't get it. And I think th this is a sector that's growing. So people out there that have got Airbnbs, they open open your eyes a little bit to what's going on. It's um, yeah. They think they're cleaner than probably most kids that some people would bring to accommodation. Well, I, I've seen I've seen video of Milo when he's going to his his favourite hotel. Oh. He goes off his dog, doesn't he? He oh. loves it. He loves it. He's a precious animal. He's very protective. Um, mm. Yeah, he might shed a bit of bit of hair sometimes, but you know, if that's, yeah. if that's the worst that happens, you know, but. We do love him. He's he's here all the time with us. Like he's he spends more time with us now than the kids. Yeah. Well, um, I said I said at the start, does someone want a Labrador? No. Yeah. You can't. Have, you can't have Zoe. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, we might we might go another song here. Why um, not? Well, we have to because my beer's run out and no one's bought me any more. So. <laughs> oh so, dear, oh dear. Blondie, more beer. Sorry, listeners, Quickly. we have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what are we playing now? We're going to go to a bit of Toby Keith. Toby Keith, awesome. And, and it's probably a little self-indulgent, mate, with this one. And you can take that for yourself or for me. But oh, it's about. See, I want to talk about me. Okay, fair enough. We'll be right back, everybody.
I mean, I just want to go through the... Righto, well, the you need what? to be quiet, Michael, because I said be quiet. Did you? <laughs> and then you went, oh, blah, 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 blah. So anyway... Did you say to me to be quiet? I did. Are we back? We're back. We're back. We're live. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So that was that was a little bit of poor... Uh, whatever for you, but yeah. Poor. Right. Poor, added, uh, poor, uh, poor paying attention on my yeah. part. I wasn't paying attention. Oh, I'm actually, you, I'm, I'm, you're, I'm, you're on a mission to talk about yourself there. So no, I'm not talking. I, I don't want to talk about myself. I, 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 I've got the, I've got the current issue. Yeah. The, of Truck and Life magazine, the November issue of Truck and Life magazine here in front of me. The November the one. With that, one. Yeah. The November one, not yeah. the not not the one that I've just sent to the printer, but the November one. Mm-hmm. And I've I've turned through, and in that in there, there's a a couple of pages dedicated to Queensland Rail, mm-hmm. who are sponsors of the show and sponsors of the radio station, etc. And it, talking about the size matters, know your trucking height campaign, which we've been talking about. Just looking at that with a very crushed little Pantech in it. It is a two point eight meter bridge, and he's decided it's a good idea to drive under there. Probably not that. He'd be, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be, he said it. He nearly made it. Nearly. If he went faster, he probably. Would if he have went faster, he probably would have been all right, wouldn't he? Mm, but he didn't. Right. So I, I just want to sort of have a look at the the facing page there. So in the twenty two twenty three financial year, there were sixty seven bridge strikes recorded across Queensland Rail Network. 67. 67. Uh, yep. And when you think it's like $12,500 to find, potentially, mm-hmm. for that, uh, causes the damage to the road road infrastructure and, you know, you can, you can um, you know, cause yourself some real trouble. As a matter, matter of fact, there was one in the States recently where there was a train going over. So this bloke, this bloke won the whole prize. He hit the bridge with a load of flammables on that caught fire while there was a train going over the bridge. So he, he got the truck, got the bridge, got the train as well. Well done. That happened in the States. Yeah, that happened in the States. Mm-hmm. Very, very easy to do. So the common the common cause, they talk about the common cause of bridge strikes is not planning a trip ahead, obviously. Mm-hmm. You've got to, you know, the best way to avoid hitting the bridge is to plan your route. <laughs> right. So avoid shortcuts. Check the maximum height after you're loaded. Make sure you know, if you're in a 4.6 meter tall line, where you're supposed to, you know, know your route. You're supposed to have a permit, and you're supposed to know where, where you're going. They they also talk about displaying the height of the truck on the on the windscreen. So if you've got a chalk, you know, one of those white pens or whatever, you can write your height on your windscreen mm-hmm. up in the right hand top corner or something. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Don't rely on satellite navigation systems which are designed for cars, right? Yeah, that's – and how, how often do you see it now um, where you drive down the highway and it's got do not follow your GPS? Yes, big, don't. Big, yeah. One of those big orange signs that blinds you yeah. at night? Don't, 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 don't follow your GPS or your GPS is wrong. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. They do, they do but, have those. Yeah, so, and if there are road closures or diversions around your planned route, you really do need to stop and reassess what's going on. Mm. Don't just accept that because some road workers put a diversion in place that you that's where you should be. You need to stop immediately at your first opportunity and reassess what's going on. That's it. Because they don't consider things like the height of your truck or the width of your load or whatever. 
Uh, now, in Queensland, and this only applies in Queensland, other states may vary, but in Queensland, low-clearance rail bridges under five metres are fitted with clearance signage all the time, right? If it if it doesn't have a sign on it, it means it's at least five minutes. It means it's at least five meters tall. Right. Uh, and there are several types of signs and markings placed on low bridges, so you can you can have a look. So Queensland Rail's also got detection systems, CCTV, uh, automatic uh, detection, uh, and things like that to try and keep everyone safe. So once again, thanks to Queensland Rail for sponsoring the show. This has been the third time Queensland Rail have been involved with me personally uh, through the On The Road podcast and uh, now On The Road Radio uh, to to push their safety message. You've heard our uh, old trucky ads and things like that where Andy and I talk to each other over the radio to do an ad, but and everyone knows it's a, everyone knows it's a bit of a uh, not quite real bit of a G up. But it's, a, it's an important safety message. Know your truck and height. And when you're going over those level crossings, make sure that you've got enough room to get safely to the other side. Mm. It's just so easy to get caught. And if you do get caught, if you get caught out, do whatever you need to do to get out of the road. Because if a train hits you, it's going to be bad. Yeah. You know, tear a, body, tear a boom arm off or whatever, that's bad, sure. Mm. But it's better than getting hit by a train. Yeah. Don't just sit there. Do something. Do what you can to get out of the way. That's right. And if it looks bad but, at the last minute, get out of that truck. That's right, indeed. Yeah. Um, but that's, I mean, try not to be there in the first place, obviously, but you know, the reality of it is all this stuff, I mean, you can answer questions afterwards. Mm. But uh, know your truck and height. Have a think about where you go and plan your route. You're a professional driver. It's your responsibility to make sure what you do is safe. Mm. We're going to go to another song here, mate, and get our... Um, are we? Do we need to go to another song? Well, we've got to get Paul on the phone. Oh, of course, Paul. Brother Paul. Paul. On the phone. Just try to make it as smooth as we can here now. Okay. This, this song here, it's a, it's a Tim McGraw song. Right. Gets back to my roots a little bit here. It's called, it's called Deal right. on the Farm. Do you have um, roots on the farm? I did. Right. Yep. That's where I was born. Is that what you're right. talking about? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> of course, he says. Oh, I don't. <laughs> So we'll do this, um, bit of Tim McGraw, and when we'll get Paul on the phone and we'll talk about some other farm animals and our precious dogs as well, eh? So yeah, Millie's going. Righto, we'll be right back.
Welcome back, Mike. Thank you. We are back. I was quiet this time. Did you notice that? I did as I was told. Oh, it's, it's unusual that you can um, be quiet when you're told, but that was a bit of Tim McGraw down on the farms. As I said, it goes back to, yeah, not not so much more childhood, but some uh, younger younger years and actually been on the farm. And apparently right. our good friend Paul likes a bit of Tim McGraw. G'day, Paul. Probably. How you going? <coughs> bon Natal Pozano. Benny <laughs> Quee. Again, again. <laughs> We didn't get it the first time. We probably don't get it the second time. But Paul, explain what that uh, means. That is uh, that is Italian for Merry Christmas, my friends. My love greet you. Mm. Mm. Well, thank you again for sharing that. Absolutely, with absolutely. Yeah. So, that really, you don't really have an Italian accent, though, do you, Paul? Oh no! Unfortunately, I wish I had my dad's, my late father's accent. He was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'll, uh, I'll tell you boys again off air one day about how he used to talk. He would always, Freddie would always put an expletive on the end of his sentences, and it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've heard it done. <laughs> and, and yeah, 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 yeah. Bless their hearts. Um, uh, the Yugoslavs and Italians were huge for it, so yeah, they would yeah. put instead of going for for bleep's sake, go and load that truck. It would be go and load that truck, bleep. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was Freddie would always put the bleep on the end of every sentence, and it was just. And even when he was cranky, he would say, "I, I, I need you to go. I need you to go and get that truck ready, bleep." And then you go, yeah. "Dad, no, no, you got to put it. You got to put it mid sentence, Dad." <laughs> but. I was a man that came to Australia in the 50s and only knew two words of English, which was work and money. So they did very well in their lifetimes, all of them. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that's right. So how, how are you, boys? Yeah. Merry Christmas. How are you? How are you, Craig? I'm, I'm sorry I missed you and you and, you and your lovely bride. I, uh, that was a, that was a bit of a bummer. Oh, well, we, um, we looked at trying to do a few things to get out there. And, and sadly, uh, geographically, we weren't terribly far apart, but... With our modern day traffic system, um, mm. we may as well have been in different countries. It's crazy, right. isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, we would like to catch up there. We're we're looking at um, how we might do this next weekend. But anyway, we'll fantastic work on that. We later. need to we need to work we need to work on a few things. Mm. So, yes. How's your how was your Christmas, Paul? How did you put it in, mate? What would you what did you get for a present? Did you get a present? I did very well, actually. Thank you. Yes, uh, Santa was uh, the big man in the red suit. Was very kind to me. So I had some wonderful gifts from uh, my my lovely wife and my my beautiful little blue dog. And my our, I even got a couple of gifts from our recently departed red dog. So I did very well. Um, was very quiet, quiet on the home front. Very hot, humid, horrible. Yep. Uh, a few beers, lots of lots of time in the swimming pool, and yep. uh, no, it was it was it was okay. What about um, what about you, Michael? How'd you go down there well, in Sydney with no, no, with the weather and been, yeah? It's been a bit damp down here over the Christmas period. It's been it's been muggy. It's gone from hot to muggy to rainy to terrible, mm. and mm. because I got I, I got a dose of the spicy flu over the over the Christmas period, so. That, uh, it's, that still, was, it's still around, that horrible thing, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah, I so, I, I mean, away. won't go away. Um, I did see a photo of your shed, mate. Uh, it is a bit of shed time. A bit of shed, that's a hell of a shed. It is a hell of a shed. I, I, uh, I cannot, uh, I can't claim the fame to that because that was on the property when we bought the place, when we bought the farm. But yeah. it is the shed, it's, it, I must say, it's the workshop I've dreamed of all my life as a boy. Yeah, and uh, um, Amanda and I are very happy with our workshop, so we can fit oh, seven prime. Uh, sorry, five prime movers in there. Yeah. Pardon me, if we need to. There's three in there at the moment, which is the uh, the road boss. Yeah, that's and, that was a. Is that a green one, or is it that, is that was green? Is it or maybe it was just green? Uh, it's blue. It's it's blue. So the road boss is in there. Uh, the six fifty and the new and. We might as well make it public because everyone's talking about it. So yeah. our uh, our Christmas gift um, into the Biagini family was a uh, is a a '94 model uh, Detroit powered 900. So she's she's our Christmas gift into the family. So we Amanda and I are very very excited. <laughs> very Amanda is very excited, or are you just making that up, or is she serious to into the trucks? Mate, hand on my heart. Hand on my heart. She actually loves trucks more than I do. Does she really? Yes, she she is she is truck mad. Yeah. Does she drive? Has she had a license, or is she just? No, it, unfortunately, it's been it's been something we've talked about for years. But just mm. work commitment, wages, mortgages are sort of kind of. Yeah, kind of. It's still on our list to do. Um, she's okay. She's okay, Bobcat. Like she can handle an eighteen-speed. Okay. Um, but yeah, just just kind of is one of those things that we we will do. She will get a license. Um, yeah. It will be something. But she is she is yeah. As I say, she, honestly, mm. she is more truck mad than I am. Yeah. Yep. Well, so I'm so about I, moving into your shed, mate. <laughs> well, we actually had a uh, we had some some folk used to live in there. It is big enough. There's a shower and toilet and office, and Ooh. it's uh, it's an old it's an old packing shed from back in the day when um, they used, so there's a loading dock in there, and that's in the day when they used to hand load um, used to hand load the produce, you know, the old side dock. So you drive the, yeah, the yeah, old uh, AB. Yeah. AB one eighty inter and the, uh, the 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 flat top and drive in and load from the side and yeah so it's an old it's an old packing shed from back in the day, um, so that's our project while I'm on holidays from cruising is to um, get down there and spend as much time down I don't spend as much time down there as I'd like to but yeah you know we've, we've got to do the responsible things don't we but um, it's it's a it's a very good place to be at the moment down there the there's a 59 Chev down there, the F250, the 900, the 650, and the Road Boss. So, I, I I won't lie, it is it is a it's a it's a nice space to be in at the moment. Yes, indeed. Is there a beer fridge? There is. Mm, there it, is. Does it have beer in it? It does not. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong? What is wrong with you? Well, un- unfortunately, oh, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm one of those lightweights that. I cannot have a beer until the end of the day when work is finished. I, I, I am not one of those people that can have a, 
you know, have a beer on the workbench and potter around like a lot of my mates can because if I have if I have subby in the middle of the day, I am sound asleep. You're gone. I'm useless. Yeah. I am just useless. So Yeah, no, yeah. I'm about the same. I'm, it's got yeah. to be the end of the day, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's an end of the day thing. I get the attractiveness, particularly when it's 38 degrees and yeah. stinking hot, but um, I've just... I just can't. I can't function. It's a sleeping pill for me. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, mm. I I must admit I'm on the, on the other end of that spectrum. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yep. yeah. 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 yeah I know I've got some good mates that can can you know can crack a stubby in the middle of the day and just potter around and keep working, but I I, yeah. I cannot do it. I cannot. Do I it. can't yeah. do it. Yeah. I, I, mm. I can't do it. No. Some yeah. some find yeah. it's not motivational. Um, yeah. You know, some days I do, some days I don't. But I, I must say, around the yard and mowing and watering and cleaning the pool and doing things like that, um, with it with a few refreshments, it's um, everything's more it. achievable. Mm. Mm. Obviously, yeah. not long distance driving. It's not not the same. It is a big no no. Booze and trucks are a big no no. Not allowed to do that. Yeah. Well, nor should you. Nor should you. No, nor should you. Yeah. Nor should you. But, uh, now, I want to throw in, if I may, um, just on our uh, Queensland Rail, uh, know you truck and height. Um, okay. Do we, e- any boys recall the old Dyson Road Rail Bridge just near the Melbourne markets in the day? Dyson Road. Oh, sorry, my apologies. Dyson Road, was it? Yeah. I do, right. yeah. It's played a few victims over the years. I do remember that one, yeah. Now I remember when I first started running market into the into Melbourne that it was. I remember following a couple of old school old school boys that knew their, obviously knew their truck and height to perfect to to absolute accuracy and were very uh, good mentors and and very uh, you know professional operators. I remember the first night I went under that bridge and I've got to say, my, I've got to say, Mike. And uh, Craig and all the wonderful listeners, I nearly pooped my pants because I looked up out of the windscreen <laughs> of the 650 with a Lucar van on and went, oh, I'm in a world oh, of trouble here. <laughs> and uh, I, I recall stories, and I, I'm only stories, no no accuracy, but yeah. I recall stories of fellas going under there with Hendrickson walking beam, yeah. only light. So and when when the when the asphalt or hot mix was rough under the bridge, yeah. only light with the old days with the rain caps on top of the exhaust, and if you hit a bump, yeah. the rain caps would kiss the bridge going underneath there. Mm-hmm. I, I've yeah. heard those stories yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. Dudley Street I, is pretty good as well. If you went the, if you're in the wrong lane, Dudley Street would get you as well. Yes, Dudley Street as well. Um, yeah. So I I spent. Quite a few years going under that bridge, and I've got to say, every time I went under there, yeah. I dropped a gear or two, backed off, knowing, kind of still knowing that 4.3 was okay, but gee whiz, it was, uh, it, it, I'd, I'd love to know what the distance was between the top of fridge vans and underneath those bridge vans. So just, just to yeah. be clear, you went back a few gears to make sure that you could pull it through the side. When you, no. When she was. No, I'm. I'm I'm proud to say, Craig, in my uh, my nine nine odd million kilometres of driving, I I never 
never put a scratch on anything, never kissed a bridge. Yeah, so really? always very, uh, always very mindful of all that stuff. And it's interesting in those days. I, I, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago about the old Melways, and we were talking yep. about the old days and GPSs now and and our eyesight. You know, I I use reading glasses now. For, obviously for reading your computers and and as a young fella you know driving around with a malways on on your lap open on your lap doing yep. your pickups and deliveries in melbourne and getting the um the highlighter out and going and the malways was fantastic because they actually highlighted bridge heights for truck drivers yeah, so yep. you know so you'd go yep and you'd plan your route and you know this is mid-90s and and i never I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I just never recalled. I never recall bridge strikes back then. Mm. I just don't it's, recall people hitting bridges. Yeah. I just don't. You know, it, yeah. it's funny, isn't it? Like, like as drivers, you know, going back thirty years, you used to have you know a catalogue of books in your truck. Going, yes, going to Brisbane, you pulled out that. And you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yep. So you drive absolutely, and and you did have them sitting there sometimes, particularly when you really into somewhere you didn't know. Correct. Um, you got the, this book. Not only are you following the page that you're on, but occasionally you had to flip to another page. And Indeed. They were, and, and they were in quarters. So are you yep. going to – yeah, so we, we're you know, old school. You, you know what we're talking about here. Um, but was that more distracting than a mobile phone <laughs> or, a, or a map thing? Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't open that can of worms, mate. Gee, really. No, just, but I, I guess the question the question begs is: Was it more distracting or less? Because, like we say, you know, unfortunately now we see these bridge strikes over and over and over again. And there was a you know particularly a famous one here at Sherwood in Brisbane a little while ago with a a cab over Kenworth with a huge you know big name red and white company and. I just can't believe he hit that bridge. Whether there was a, a GPS or a map or anything like when you're sitting in a cab over Kenworth, and he struck that bridge, you know, the bridge would have been not it's far off height. windscreen mm. eye height. Mm. I, yeah. I, I just yeah. can't believe he, he he hit that bridge and hit it at the speed he hit it at. You so know, that's, um, yeah, that's got to be a fair amount of distraction oh, in that, like. How, how did well, you do that? Because it would have been sitting, uh, I reckon, right on your eye height to do that. Yeah, not far off it, Craig. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. Uh, there was one from a prominent dark green company that's that's featured in the in the in the uh, information page from our Queensland Rail. Who mm. hit the uh, hit the Oxley Road um, rail bridge at Corinda, and I've seen video of that. Him, hit, him hitting that bridge. He it was, was a big whack. Through. It was he, a big whack. It's flipped him on his side. Mm. I mean, mm. I mean, he hit that thing with full confidence that he was going under. Mm. And 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 I'm just not sure. Like again, you know, when, when in, in the day when you weren't sure, you really truly did back off and went, ooh, mm. you, you know, to the point. I guess you know, I've been in a couple of spots in Sydney, Melbourne, where, with the vans where I went. Holy crap, you know, and and basically put the four ways on and went to walking speed. Mm, so yeah, if, sure. if if you weren't a hundred percent sure, you kind of went, okay, if I'm going to get into trouble here, I'm going to look like a total goose. 
Yeah, I'm going to throw the four ways on, and there's going to be no damage. But like you say, Mike, you know, and and I know exactly who you're talking about, and it's that same bridge we're speaking of. Um, yeah. he he just he just hit that a full rattle. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, we've all we've all done it. I mean, I got one in Cheltenham in Melbourne, a bridge. Um, where I was trying to take a bit of a shortcut. Turn around the corner, I'm confronted with this bridge. It's 4.1. I've got a 4.3 metre tautliner on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ended up stopped. And of course, the cars pack in behind you. Yes. Um, you yeah. know, um, and they're beeping the horns and flashing the But you're not going through, you know. I didn't hit the damn thing. Mm. It's not a comfortable feeling. <laughs> it's not. It's terrible. You feel it's like awful. a complete fool. And of course, mm. the policeman turns up eventually. Mm, and um, try to yeah, help you out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose I suppose you're fully entitled to a blister for doing it, you know, like because but when you haven't done any damage, correct? Like you've inconvenienced a few people, you've inconvenienced yourself, correct? Um, you know, the lesson learned. You're not going to do it twice. Mm. You know, mm. it just seems to me a little bit a little bit um, unfortunate. I suppose it's a good time to put in a plug for our old mate. Um, Gones and Truckwiz at this point. I mean, yeah, but Truckwiz, mm, download the app. Uh, one of the, I mean, Tones, Tones is a writer, bits and few bits and pieces for us at Trucking Life now, and he's got a bit of an ad in there for the, the Truckwiz app. I mean, this is the problem. We get a lot of guys now that just do, do follow their GPS, and it's not it's not for trucks, whereas Truckwiz mm, is. But, mm, I mean, mm. having said that, you know, it really does. It blows my mind the place sometimes. I mean, you've been, surely, Paul, you've been in a place where you think to yourself, shit, I shouldn't really be here. Uh, it's, all, it's all about it's all it's all about using still using your eyes. And yeah. um, you know, you know, I I haven't personally because I've been off the road for a little while, so I haven't used the GPS to guide me. Um, but I do know with the night, you know, with the nine hundred and the forty five foot van. That that truck basically had a turning circle of an ocean liner, so oh I was God. always very cautious of where I went. And if I if I was found myself in a unfamiliar place, I would I would take the time to park in the street, throw the four ways on. Again, you might upset some car drivers, but I would walk in. You know, if I was doing a pickup delivery, I'd walk in and go, "Okay, I'm 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 here." You know, and I, I remember particularly one in in Sydney that I, you know, I went to do a pickup, and I'll, I'll, I'll mate said, "Oh yeah, come up the driveway here, and you can turn around." And yep, yeah, I said, oh, "I'm just going to go and have a look," you know. And he said, yeah. "What for?" And I, and I said, "Oh, I just want to have a look for it." Oh, mate, we've had bigger trucks than yours in here. And I said, "Mate, no, no, no disrespect. Actually, don't Kenworth don't produce a chassis wrong." chassis rail longer than that and with a 45 foot van on those days they actually don't make trucks bigger than this so <clears throat> so pardon me so i went and had a look and I, and I walked down a laneway and then walked out the back and if that if that area was was new and there wasn't 12 industrial bins and 30 staff cars i would have had a chance of turning that truck around a three-point turn but yeah with all the industrial bins along the fence and all the staff cars, I said, I, I won't turn this truck around bobtail. I promise yeah. I'll with a van, you know, with a trailer on. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah. You know, you know, so again, for, for the young ones and the ones coming through, 
and and I, I feel for them because again, there's all this stupid work diary and they're paranoid. But throw your four, throw your four ways on, get out, and go for a walk. Mm. Go yeah, for, go for a little walk. Of pain. Mm. Oh, for, for yourself, your you know, if you're an owner driver yourself, you're if you're a driver, your employer, mm. uh, everyone involved because you, you can unfortunately. In Sydney, Melbourne, um, you can you can still no doubt, and and I take my hat off to these multi combination, you know, girls and boys that are in in and out of those cities. I don't know how they do it. I'd I'd pee my pants to be honest. I, I just don't know. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> some of that's some of that's a challenge, um, but the, the simple fact, you know, we talk about getting out and having a look. Um, mm. One of the things, and if anyone ever watches me hook up a combination. You'll think, geez, that black's really slow. What? Why is he getting out all the time? Mm. But mm. I get out and I check, like the height between a trailer and a um, a prime mover. Um, people don't understand the damage you can do to a turntable by being at the wrong height. Oh, you can so, smash up all the air fittings and all oh, the electrical fittings. Smash the jaws up and things like that. And do, when, do, when you think, again, do you do think do. that's because there's less owner drivers in the world and actually haven't paid for the damage? I think so. <laughs> I think it actually has a, a, a big thing to do with it. So, you know, one of the reasons I do it because I've realised what it costs. When, what it costs. When yep. if, if the jaw, if, like if you're just a little bit too too low going under mm. the trailer but you think it's all yep. right you'll, you'll smash the jaws mm. to bits mm. Um, mm. well you pull forward yeah. you pull the lever out a bit and hook back on again and it will hook up but when mm. you drive off you should have noticed there's a fair amount of slap in that mm. in that turn mm. now that, that can go on for weeks and no one notices until until a failure well mm. it's not even a failure well, but someone notices that there's part of a jaw sitting you know somewhere where it shouldn't be and, and the next mm. thing you know it's a mechanic out and 600 bucks to fix it like a jaw kit's mm. still $380 on its own so mm. these simple little things like pull under a trailer get out have a look if the height's not right fix it up whether you yeah, well, so yeah these little things there's plenty of ways to cock it up but I, I don't I don't think that's something that people are taught anymore I don't believe so. I don't believe so. I, Back I, 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 I struggle. I struggle with things. Uh, I, I had a photo sent to me the other day, actually, of a bloke who it came in, it come into the yard. I, I got the whole story on this. So this guy's come into the yard driving his own truck, hmm. and there's company trucks, right? These are company trucks, and there's another truck sitting there in the loading bay, which was there to be unloaded. But they work shift work, these guys, and they hot, they hot seat the trucks. Mm. So he's come mm. in, and he was supposed to be unloaded. This other truck was supposed to be unloaded. And uh, so he got in there, and, and they said, oh, you, you, you just move that out of the road. You can put yours there. So it's late. It's the end of this guy's shift. Um, you know, overtime's an issue. And and this is so he just climbed in. It didn't do any sort of a check. He didn't have a look at anything. Uh, landing gear is is up, etc. He pulled forward and dropped the trailer on its nose mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't hooked up properly. Yeah. And of course, of course, 
then he made it worse for himself because then he lied. He said he'd done a tuck test on it and got no idea why it failed. What he should have just said was, well, you know, it's the end of the shift. I've been told to move it. It's sitting there. I didn't check. Yes, that's my fault. Um, and then, of course, the investigation could have gone back to why the thing wasn't hooked up. But what had happened was that the the previous driver had come in and were going to just drop the trailer there, and they'd started the process, pulled the pulled the bloody uh, turntable, but hadn't done anything else, hadn't disconnected the airlines or went on the landing gear down, uh, because someone had come in and said, oh, don't worry about that, just leave it. Uh, we'll get someone else to move it later. And, of course, they just grabbed their bag and shot through, right? It says, it says, a, it says a lot for one truck, one driver, doesn't it? Mm. Um, it does. So, and, I mean, a very, and, a very sim- and a very similar thing too, Michael, is, is yeah. Dad taught me as a kid, when you're doing an oil change, and this yeah. applies to dropping and picking up trailers. So when you're doing an oil change on your own truck and you're dropping, you know, dropping your filters, dropping your oil, do yeah. not speak to anyone. And we've still got this rule here today with Amanda, is yeah. if, I, if I'm under a truck doing an oil change, don't come near me, don't speak to me, don't interrupt me. Until yeah. the sun plugs back in, the oil filters are back on, they're tested, the oil's in the truck, and the truck's run again because that distraction can cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, I, when, when I'm looking a truck up now, the phone actually is in the cab. I throw the phone up on the dash. Very good. I don't, want to, I don't want to talk to anyone while I'm doing that. You know, good the, reason why we see, the reason why we see it, and I'm not perfect. I've, I've, uh, I've dropped one off a turntable, one of my own. Yes. Uh, yep. And that was because I was talking on the damn phone, uh, trying okay. to run my business while yes. it happened. And, but as soon as that happened, I learned a lesson. You know, I was, I was fortunate enough I could lift the airbags up, wind the landing gear down, drop the and, airbags. And recover. And recover. And, recover. Yeah. and you know what, Paul? Sheer good luck, not skill. Mm. Sheer mm. good luck. Mm. Oh, I've, been there, I've been there myself. I've been there myself on the mobile phone. Done the same so, thing. Yeah. You know, so I say to people, you know, don't laugh at someone who's made a mistake because we've all done it. Be honest. Mm. Yep. Leave, you know, leave the phone in the truck. Leave the phone leave in the, the phone truck. In the truck. Up. That's what yep. I do. So yep. I go and do my pre-start check. So I'll get there beside the truck and I'll do my pre-start check. I'll throw the phone on the floor in the yep. truck and close the door, walk yep. off, do my pre-start and all the rest of it undisturbed. And if I'm going yes. to split up the B-double or if I've got a buddy unhook, unhook or whatever, hook up, the mm. phone is in the, you know, don't answer the damn phone. Don't be caught. Don't, don't allow yourself to be distracted. goes along with what we said before, doesn't it, Craig, about... Uh, how much of a distraction these things can be? Yeah, I fear that, uh, you know, the GPS thing for both truck and car drivers has become, instead of a tool to get you, you know, in and out of a bit of strife in a capital city, I, I fear yeah. they've become a distraction more than a tool, you know. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I... I the sto- and I don't know if it's accurate, but I, the story was with that red and white company with that fellow that hit that, that bridge at Corinda was yeah. it was his first time into Brisbane from Stanthorpe from, um, you know, coming into the market and, and the, yeah. the silly GPS, instead of taking you down if this road, 
yeah, and and left into the markets. It 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 obviously, I guess, it took the shorter via kilometre, the shorter yep. route, which it is shorter via Corinda, but then ended up under that bridge. But it, it's oh. it's ama- isn't it amazing? Those two bridges, the one at Corinda and the one at Rock Lee, which has a notorious nickname called. Uh, being Brisbane betting Brisbane all my life, I said no, like it's the trap or something like that. It's amazing after all these years that nothing's been done with those bridges. Well, I guess yeah. it's a multi-million dollar project, but yeah. yeah. But that one near Rock Lee is, I wouldn't say oh. it's a major route, but geez, there's a lot of trucks that go. You know, oh. I'll just duck under that and just go around here and yeah. Whoops. Craig, as, as a kid. As a kid growing up in Brisbane, the amount of trucks I've seen jammed under there, you know, semis, uh, you know, tray bodies, uh, little rental, you know, the little Hertz rental trucks. Oh, my my goodness, that, well, that, that bridge has caught some trucks out over the years. Holy uh, moly. Many, many, many years ago, I was actually at, um, at uh, Vaudry trailers. Yeah. And um, they had all these... Um, rigid trucks in there, yeah. and um, so and they're all bent, they're all bent up, rigid taut lines. You know, it was, it was yeah. a major, a major company that yeah. decided the best thing to do around Melbourne would be to have uh, local delivery trucks that are four point three meters high. Yeah, not a good, not a good decision. Not yep. understanding yep. that so many bridges <laughs> around in Melbourne, Melbourne yeah. four point one. Yeah. So, you know, but but they do it. So, again, like we're looking at now a change in, um, like, in in the, the height where we're allowing higher trucks. That's a, a disaster. I'm that is a disaster. Just, I can't see how that can work yet. I think we need a major change in infrastructure before that's even... Well, they're, talk, they're saying that the uh, the bridge strike stats now are on their way down. So let's just make 4.6 metre taut line as general access. What could possibly go wrong? Might be because there's some good campaigns going around about um, no, you're trucking no, you're tra- you know? <laughs> no, So we've got to, what are we going to get? No, you're trucking high, it's not now 4.3, it's 4.6. But... If, they, if they allow 4.6, they will be opening up the doors to utter carnage. Yeah. Utter carnage, but but you'll see the push will come from. How can we jam a little bit more freight on a truck? Yeah, right. The, the push will come from one particular company whose trucks are red, uh, red, yellow, and red and yellow and black or something. That's where the push will come from. Uh, yeah. the, the the foxy lady trucks, yeah. those ones. Yeah, so that's what that's yeah. Uh, like, well, it's, it's all good and well. We'll say that we need need to move more freight, but you, yeah, I think you're better off putting another meter in the length of them before you put them up a bit higher. I, oh, I no, we're I, talking about we're talking about another meter in length, mate. Yeah. We just we'll take it up with a pallet of space yeah. rather than giving them to drivers. But, but it, don't start me. Going, Too late. Going, going with the height, I think at this point it's catastrophic because yeah. catastrophic is the word. Yeah. Catastrophic. Catastrophic. Catastrophic is the word. Yeah. But anyway, now um, I, 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 I'm glad you I'm glad you boys brought uh, called me in this evening. I had a fan, I had a very interesting conversation with a uh, a good friend of mine who uh, he was a um, he was a state coordin- uh, coordinator operations manager for a national company years and years ago. I used to work for him. 
Right. Uh, Third generation. So his grandfather, his father was in the game, and he was he's he was he's been in the game. He uh, he had a retail store down the Gold, uh, Gold Coast, North Coast, between Sydney and uh, Sydney and Newcastle, and he sold it. And right. uh, he's having a bit of a play around at the moment. He went out and did a grain harvest out at um, uh, Coonabarabra and out that you know West, you know the recent harvest. Yeah. And and he he hasn't been behind the wheel for for a little while. And uh, he went out and did a harvest for a farm. I enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it. But we come up with the conversation of the work diary and uh, and the lack of, in that western New South Wales country, the lack of places to pull up with a road train, with a set of grain tippers, he said. You know, he's, he's been out of the game for a while, with as in being behind the wheel, and he said... I just, you know, he said, I just couldn't pull up. There was, there was, and I said, yep, yep, I know, I get it. And I said, and again, these, these rigid, these rigid rules I feel are made for trucks that are running Brisbane, Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne on those two ribbons of concrete. If you're not doing that, tough luck. That's right. He he came up with a fan, I thought was a fantastic idea. It's never going to happen. But it is around Christmas, so let's let's all throw Christmas miracles out to the stars. Mm-hmm. He said, "Wouldn't it be a wonderful idea if the regulator and possibly even some representatives from the NTC mm-hmm. did an amnesty one week, one week per year per state?" did an amnesty and published it and said, we are going to go out and talk to drivers and talk about their real problems and experience their real issues, but we are not. We will publicise the amnesty for seven days and we will go out and we want to actually work out what the hell these people are going through, but we're not going to find them while we do it. We're going to gather the, the information, the real world, real driver information, and take it back and put it to good use. Yeah, and I, I thought, that. what a wonderful idea. Yeah, I've said that. Oh, have you? Have you? I apologise. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I've said it before. Yeah. I mean, but what I've, and it's along the same lines of what you've said, just said. If you, if you want to solve the problems, you have to know what the real issues are. You've got to ask the questions. You've got to ask the questions and not be afraid of the answers. Mm. Not be afraid. The problem with it is, the problem with it is, is that the drivers aren't uh, willing to tell the. You you can put out all these buddy surveys out. Oh, it's anonymous. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I, I struggle with the whole thing because, yeah, we. If we're going to take a pragmatic point of view and solve the problems, then we need to know what the real problems are. It's nine o'clock. Do you guys want to go a little bit longer? Because I feel as though we can go a little bit longer here tonight, if you want to. You probably could. We probably do another half an hour in. So, if you'd like, if you'd like, because there's there's a a couple of there's a couple there's a lot to there's a lot to unpack with what you're talking about there, mate. And and I and I think it is something that really does deserve a discussion. You know, we've got these electronic logbooks now. And it's quite interesting to me, from what I've seen with with the advent of the electronic logbooks, the number of operations managers now who are realising which customers are wasting their drivers' time. Correct. Mm. 
right? And they're and they're moving forward to uh, do something about it to try and rectify the issues. And in some cases, they are. Uh, sometimes, of course, they're not they're not being successful, depending on the size of the the customer that's wasting the time. Yeah. But a lot of the, a lot of times they're saying, well, you know, we can't keep doing this. And of course, now we're holding people. You know, the chain of responsibility laws. You know, I've said in the past that these things we're not seeing anyone being done for chain of responsibility that's not a company or a fleet owner. We're not seeing any of the freight forwarders being done. Exactly. Well, we right. are. We are starting to see a little bit of that flowing through now. Um, Paul Salvati has said to me um, that he's interested in, you know, looking further down the chain rather than the drivers. And we, you know, we're seeing, certainly seeing the case now with with um, vehicle-related issues where companies are now being held responsible for those more than drivers are, as they should be. But, you know, are we reaching a point where we are taking this pragmatic point of view? Well, the, the regulator has set up an off-road enforcement arm. So they have. They're the, they have. Now they're looking at, at these exact issues where, you know, we've had people saying that these companies that sit us there for hours on end, mm. you know, they're, they're one of the biggest contributors to fatigue. Um, mm. We There are groups out here who are working with with the regulator to talk about these issues and say, stop, stop looking at the driver of, of as being the problem with fatigue. You have to understand Correct. why. Why is that driver doing what he's doing? He's not doing it because he wants to. He's doing it because a company like Grain Corp mm-hmm. is forcing <laughs> him to do it, Craig. Well, and in that, and in that statement. Paul, um, I believe sometimes that companies are unaware of what they're doing because I always give this, um, you, you don't yeah. know what you don't know. But but systems have been put in place to protect certain KPIs mm-hmm. that have no relevance to any kind of driver safety whatsoever. I've got, I've got a dossier so complete that could put people in jail. If, you and I both. If... The legislation, well, actually, it's it's really sad. The legislation is there. the The way that um, that people act around this is so complicit that they just mm. think they're not responsible. They're untouchable. Uh, yeah. So you can point this out in many, many different circumstances, and they they just don't agree with you. They don't care. Uh, I've been to many different companies to say you you really need to have a look at this because if you don't do better one day, this will come back and bite you. And mm. and quite frankly, they just don't give a damn. Yeah. And and and, and, and being, I I no no you I have documented proof of that company I just referred to for three years. I had that last truck towing um, tankers. And just they they would laugh in the driver's face, yeah. you know, and the driver would be at the liquid bolt terminal at Pinker Bar in Brisbane for seven hours, yeah. seven hours to load and unload, while the staff are on ninety dollars an hour. 
mm. on wages and they would laugh in the driver's face. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's where I fall over. The regulator needs to be able to walk through the gate, not knock the driver off when he when the poor bastard drives back out, but walk in the gate and go, What the hell are you people doing? Mm. Yeah. The, and, the problem with it is, is there's always been the expectation. I mean, I we, we certainly had it back in the day where, you know, they'd pack everyone up and leave them by, you know, have them out the gate by 4 o'clock. You've got to have them out the gate by five, 4 o'clock. They didn't give a shit what happened. They just waved the driver bye-bye. Correct. And once and once the thing had left their, their premises, as far as I was concerned, whatever happened after that was nothing to do with them. Precisely. And so uh, we, have, we have the situation now where we've got these ridiculous time slots. Uh, and, I mean, our mate Rob Free had said about the incident with the, you know, you, you do your two time slotted low, uh, deliveries and he was yeah. a few minutes late for the last one and he ended up having a, you know, there's no one on the dock and he ended up having to, uh, you know, have a cross, have his freight cross docked and all, and all that, all because of one Security guard with a you know with an with an overinflated opinion of his importance. Yeah, I mean this sort of thing happens all the time. The driver's got nowhere to go. The worst part about this is all this sort of crap happens on the fly. Yeah. So you know you, you, know, you know Mike if 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 this government or any and I don't care if it's Liberal Labor whatever if any yeah. government had a serious set of balls. And yeah. we're actually serious about driver fatigue and, and this industry yeah. that is critical, that is critical to run this nation's economy. If yeah. they were serious, they would walk into the to, to these, these big three supermarkets and say, here's the story. Here's the story from today on. Within six months, July 1, January 1, time slots are now illegal. End of story, yeah. you will open your DCs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You will find a way to make it pay. You're a multi-billion dollar profitable company. No more time slots. When the driver arrives, he will unload. Mm. End of story. Yeah. No more. It, it is now over. It is illegal. And just that one act would make the industry so much better and more attractive to get drivers into the game. And, and you know, well, Paul, that these companies that that claim that they're being responsible and doing what they do, oh, and their and their systems, oh, and their systems will show that if you look yes. at the system, if you yes. if you delve into a little bit past that, it will show that the whole the whole thing is an absolute debacle, and mm. what these companies fail to realise now is that virtually every truck out there these days has some kind of tracking effort. If it isn't yeah. the truck, it's the trailer. If it's not the driver or the like – there's log books, there's, there's so much stuff. And I've even pointed out to some of these bigger companies, if you don't start auditing yourself to show that you're being compliant with your own systems, one day – Someone is going to take you down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is so much information out there now that shows that they are being not only non compliant, but complicit in their responsibilities in the chain. chain. Yeah. So one day, and I, I think we're still a, a bit off this, I think the regulator now with off road enforcement might 
might um, scare a few people, but we're gonna we're gonna end up here soon with some major court cases where people and big companies are proven to have to have had the knowledge that they are doing the wrong thing. They document yeah. it all. They document it all. It's all there. Back, and, back in the day, there's a video of me on 60 Minutes mm. saying uh, along the line, something along the lines of, um, you know, we were, I had my business at that time. I was, I was an owner-operator, small fleet owner at the time. And uh, I am on 60 Minutes saying, you know, we tried to colour within the lines, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it's very, very hard to make money and be compliant when those around you aren't being compliant. Mm. Um, and, and, and the issue that we had there, I was working for a particular company carting uh, pine posts and things like that out of, uh, out of a place in, um, in uh, Western Victoria. And uh, any of the loads that were a little bit dodgy, that looked like they were going to be a little bit overweight or they were going to be a little bit uh, tight on the scheduling, they always went to a subcontractor, never went on a yeah, company there truck. Mm. There you go. Mm. Right? Because the subcontractor would do whatever needed to be done to get the load sorted out. Mm. Right? And that happened more than once. Now, I said that. And I said that to a particular bloke's face. And funny enough, I didn't do a lot of work for that company afterwards. Yeah. Now, that is, the, that is the sort of thing that happened. And this is the reason why we talk about people are complicit. People are complicit not because they want to be, but owner drivers in particular, I think, have a certain level of pressure on them. If they don't comply with what the, uh, the prime contractor wants, then their work dries up. Now, unfortunately, you've got a lot of guys who aren't in the position that they own their truck, you know, they've got, in these days, the, the level of repayments these days must be absolutely eye-watering. But I remember at the time when that happened to me, my repayments on my my trucks were around about you know, 4000 a month or something like that. Then there's the insurance and trailers and registrations and all the other crap that we all know about on top. I couldn't afford to have a hiccup in my cash flow. Because mm. if I did, I was in trouble, you know. And it was sometimes the easy way out, and I know I took it, and I, apolo I don't apologise for it because it was just a, you know, my house, my livelihood, my business, my whole, everything was tied up in this, and I could not afford to piss off the people that were paying me. Exactly right. You know? Exactly you right. Know, and this is what happened. So in these, this day and age when you've got prime Ubers that are worth three times as much as mine were, not worth that's what you've got to yeah. pay for them yeah you know yeah. last time i last time i bought a trailer was a a 48 foot drop deck freight liner brand new right thought liner 48 yeah. footer cost me uh dollars plus the g i don't reckon you get that trailer now for less than 100. No. oh no no and, and, you know, and, and, and this and, and the thing is, for me, is and, and, and again, I, I call it out. You want to yeah. regulate the industry? That's okay. Regulate it. Regulate mm. the whole thing. You know, the, th the thing is, and they say they call out 
the thing is they will call out and go, it's free enterprise, right? But at the yeah. end of the day, you, you look at when we had the best airline in the world and and we, we this country had the best airline in the world. Qantas was yep. the envy of the planet, not the country, mm. not Southeast Asia. It was the envy of the planet, right? It was regulated. Yep. The, the, yep. These 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 power brokers and these authorities want to regulate the industry. That's okay. I'm not against regulation, kind of. Yeah. Regulate the whole industry, right? And, and and my dear old dad, before he passed away, he used to say, a truck license, a license to hire, the sticker on the windscreen should be like yeah. a cab license. So right. the the thing is, you bastards want to regulate this industry, but you want to you want to regulate the tail end. The poor, right. the poor, the poor person, the man or the woman steering the wheel. That's all they want to regulate. That's regulate right. the whole industry. Regulate the rates. Regulate no, everything. I don't know about regulate the rates. I don't know well, about regulate the rates, Paul. Well, I, I, but the thing is, Mike, it's got to be. They can't just keep hanging the key. They can't yeah. keep putting the noose around the driver. It it's got to yeah. stop. And and I I had a conversation with what with one of those staff members in that massive grain handling company one day, when he had my truck and my driver there for seven hours, seven hours to unload yeah. and reload. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. I I said, do you know what the chain of responsibility is? And his words were, and he was on the way bridge. He said, yeah, I know exactly what it is. I said, you realise it applies to you? He said, no, it doesn't. It only applies to you and your driver. Uh-huh. I, said, Pig, I said, pig's ass, right? <laughs> and I said, I'm going to tell you something, old mate. I said, my driver spends seven hours in here, leaves yeah. here, runs over a carload of people, right, because he because he's fatigued. He's been here in 38-degree heat in Brisbane summer. He drives out of here, kills a carload of people, purely by accident, not his doing. I said, if you think, you think for a minute, my friend, that if him and I don't call you into that court and hang you in the same noose that we're hanging in, you are sadly mistaken. He said, you wouldn't dare do that. So you want to try me again? I said, because the thing is, you people are so lazy. You are so lazy. There's seven pumps in that facility and they used to run two because it was a joke. So it's all about profits. So what happens here, Paul, is that, again, these companies become, like they set up their own systems and they They become complacent. Yeah, but when when you log in and when you do whatever in all these, in these systems, they're, they're doing their best to show that they're not, not, in any way responsible for what happened. Correct. So, 100%. so I've been through this case, even with um, some some people that are very high up in in those particular organisations, and they believe that they are doing the right thing to Correct. remove them from any responsibility in in the chain. So, what they don't understand is how the rest of the industry works. So they don't understand that when your truck is sitting outside there, it's still registered on a a GPS network somewhere, whether it's um, by GPS or your driver used an electronic work diary or even to the point that the driver just filled out his work diary to say he's at... At At the gate. Right? At the gate. Hmm. But 
but there's so much information now, and I have pleaded with some of these organisations to do an audit of their own systems, not yeah. not to prove my point, but to understand the fact of their liability in these situations because they're saying they have no responsibility in the chain mm -hmm. and, and they're saying that that truck wasn't there on their mm -hmm. system. They say, you were late or well, the truck <clears> never turned up. But but the GPS data will will say the truck was there. Well, otherwise. But, but if, you go, if, you, if you go in any of these grain handling facilities... It's not just grain handling facilities, Mike. Not just grain handling facilities, but if you go in any of these facilities, it's the place where I go and load in Melbourne, for example. I drive in, go through security, they record that you come on site, mm. I go onto the Waveridge and print out a tear-off docket, which has got the damn time on it, yeah. for Christ's sake. Yeah. So, right, then, yeah. I, then I go around and I wait to unload, or wait to load, rather, and when I come back out after I've done all the bits and pieces, I go over to get my gross weight, it's got the time on it again. Yeah. There is, I mean, there is a chain of there is a chain of evidence that says how long it took to do these things. And if people don't understand the fact that all this stuff, when things do go sideways, they want all this information. Well, even location services on your phone will tell where you are. And and that's the thing when when there's a coroner's report. Yeah. No one has any you can't say, Oh, I don't want to really turn up on that. <laughs> Look, yeah. You got no yeah. choice. You're there and any documentation that goes with that. So and, 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 and the problem is the pro I, I feel and I could be wrong, I, I feel the problem is it's all about profit. When when I was towing the tanker for, for Macalise years ago, carting mm. century oil out of Newcastle, right, up to the mines. The thing is, with Century Oil, if I rang them, they would ring me and I'd be around somewhere around, you know, Tamworth or, or um, you know, Tamworth, Willow Tree, Musselbrook on the way down, and they'd say, what time are you going to be in? I'll, I'll be there at 3.30 in the morning, right? They, Century Oil, Century Oil would bring a worker in and, and I would come down empty from Brisbane and load the sulsanic oil to go up to the central Queensland mines. They would bring a worker in, and there was never any conversation about wages, overtime, what it, and, and I guarantee that worker was on overtime. Guarantee it. Yeah. Right? Yep. But I, I would arrive there at 3.30 in the morning, fresh, fresh as a daisy, because I've just, just driven in. He would open the gates. I'd back the truck and trailer in. He would load, he would load that tanker, 20,000 litres of that, that oil, would be in that tanker in, eight, you know, somewhere between 18 and 40, you know, 18 and 38, 48 minutes. He would mm -hmm. say, Paul, you want a cup of tea, coffee, shower? Yep, I'd go and have a shower. He'd load the tanker. I'd be out. I'd be back out of Newcastle, back up to Singleton before the traffic started, in bed, mm -hmm. in a coma, done, dusted. Right. Yep. But the, yep. the yeah, you know, and the thing is, and and that company, Century Oil, and and I will always, I will always, um, sing their praises. What they were about was the drivers, and about getting the product off out of the tank farm, out of Newcastle, gone, done, dusted. Mm -hmm. And the thing yep. is, it can it can be done. The problem, I feel the problem is all these companies are run by accountants 
It's all about profits. It's about overtime. It's about this. It's about that. And the poor, the poor transporter is the last one on the list again. And it's it's got to stop. Oh, it, it's got to stop. It has to stop. But like, like I say, Paul, that the the pressure that still comes on from customers these days, mm-hmm. and, and they just fail to understand that everything now is recorded. Mm. So if something goes wrong, it's it's going to go pear-shaped. And when it goes pear-shaped, everybody along that chain will get dragged in. And whether people believe they're part of the chain or not, I've handed out some very specific documents to people mm. when they've totally um, said to me, we're not part of this. It's We're not responsible. <laughs> There's 10 key factors here, and guess what? You've just fitted seven of them. So <laughs> you've ticked off seven. You, you mm. are responsible. And they go, no, we're not. And so, so where do you go when that's not the case? Craig, well, I've had I've had one of my drivers turn up at, and you know, you know firsthand what the beef industry is worth in this country and the money it turns over. Yeah. I had one of my drivers turn up on the Weybridge out between Toowoomba and Oakey. Okay, he turned up on the Weybridge to deliver cattle feed at ten to five in the afternoon at this huge feed lot, and they said, we're knocking off at 5 o'clock, and you can sit here till tomorrow morning. I'm glad he got to mm-hmm. 5. Right. That's so he, th- they said, that's it, we knock off at 5 o'clock, you can wait till tomorrow morning. Mm. Instead of going, I'll just do half an hour overtime. Now, whoever whoever's, and I'm not saying, and I'm, 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 not, criti- I'm not crucifying the girl on the way bridge, I rang her and said, are you serious? She said, I knock off at 5 o'clock. I can't wait until he unloads and comes back out. Again, I said, are you aware that that driver of mine now has to spend the night in your driveway with no toilet, no shower, the, the truck I had him in had a fridge, freezer, and a microwave, okay, but still, no shower, no toilet. Oh, that's not my problem. I said, it actually is because you're causing the problem. Mm. No, yeah. no, because the, the company... Company X, massive, massive beast company on the Darling Downs, won't pay me overtime. Yeah. Now that 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 lasts overtime on that way bridge would have been, you know, it's an hour, an hour and a half at the most for him to go and unload and come back out. So her overtime would have been thirty five dollars an hour plus time and a half, maybe or half time. So for the sake of one hundred and twenty dollars. Mm. They they forced my driver to sit there all friggin' night till seven o'clock in the morning. Hmm. Right for hundred and twenty bucks. Because oh, your driver's time's not worth anything. Uh, but the, the thing in, is, in, the, the, in those circumstances, an owner, as an owner driver, when I've had someone say to me, "Mate, you know, I can't stay back. They won't pay me overtime." Then I've peeled a fifty out of the wallet and said, "Can you stay for an hour now?" As an own driver, correct. Yes. yes. You, you shouldn't have to do that. No. But sometimes it made more sense for me to do that than deal with the fallout of not being able to get unloaded and get going. But, but, I, I've, done it, I've done it as an owner driver, Mike. Look, Absolutely. Used to pick, yep. pick breaks up out of the pub, buy my six-pack, take them out places to load. Like, yeah. The, 
you shouldn't have to do it. But, we're, we're, I mean, that one, we're talking about 8 or 9 o'clock at night. But, you know, I, I know what you're talking about, Paul, these places that in this, yeah, in the afternoons. But I, I find it hard yeah. now that we can't unload in a lot of places after 2.30 in the afternoon. It's oh, disgraceful, Craig. It's, it's, it's disgraceful. Yeah. So, you know, and then they are, then it is big business, but yes. but they have their rules, sort of, and you can sort of understand them a little bit. But when when they manipulate the statistics on, on how you present there and what you do and how they play that back to the industry, I'm like, well, whenever trucks come here, they're late. Like, in my view... It, it trucks never late. It got there when it got there. Like how, Correct. How do you how do you how do you go? Well, the thing about this is we're trying to we're trying to well, and we're running we're running up against time now too. So we oh, we, we can go on, but I no, we try to drum into drivers drive safely, right? Slow down, do the right thing. Don't speed. Don't tailgate. Don't do this. Don't do that. Drive your vehicle in a professional manner. You know all this sort of thing. And then the penalty for doing that is not getting unloaded because you're five minutes late. Yeah, and the drivers speed. know that. The drivers know yes. that. Yeah. Don't speed. Don't take drugs. Fill your logbook in, but don't you dare miss your time slot. Mm. Don't you dare miss a time slot. That's right. Uh, we do need to question these things. Guys, I would love to go on, but I do need to go <laughs> and uh, take care of some some uh, personal issues like I stink. I haven't had a shower today. Oh, <laughs> oh, too much information on the radio, Michael. <laughs> too much information. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, well, that'd be good. Anyway, it is, it is 9.30. So we, it we, is we, we, I, I could go and have a shower because I'm actually at home for a change. Good on you. Well, that's all right. But, it is Wednesday. We've gone half an hour later than we normally do, so we might... Yeah. Um, we might call it a night. And, um, All right, boys. Thanks, Paul, for coming on. Thanks, Paul, for Thank coming you. in, mate. I do appreciate it. It's been uh, been a pleasure to to sit here and pray at the uh, worship at the altar of trucking with the Brother Bear, Jenny. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, Merry Christmas to you boys and your families yeah. and, uh, and, of course, more importantly, those those that are out on the road tonight, Merry Christmas, drive safe. And yeah. to your families waiting at home for you, get get home safe and mm. proud of proud of what you all do out there. Thank you, yeah. thanks very much. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. And thanks, Mike, boys. We'll thanks, uh, we'll call it here with um, Mike. If you can't be good, be spectacular. Right, I'll talk to you on uh, <laughs> Saturday night. Indeed, mate. I'm Peter Carey. Cost of living pressures has been blamed for a slump in support for Labor and the Prime Minister. Federal Politics Editor Michael Packey. Two new opinion polls show the Federal Government and Prime Minister are struggling to improve their standing as the year comes to a close. The news poll and results.